Brand new podcast, everybody. What were you singing, Isla? You know it, you know it, and you're dripping in finesse. Today's guest is Finesse Mitchell. Uh, no reads today. This is an, a bonus podcast, mostly because I got my eyes dilated today. We we're supposed to do an open tabs, and I couldn't, uh, I can't see anything. And so I can't do an open tabs if I can't see anything, because I don't know what I'm looking at. And I don't, and there was a few articles I wanted to read. I wanted to talk about the death of uh, Roseanne Connor. Who's that? Is it, what was her name? Yeah. Roseanne. They killed Roseanne off in the... Oh, in the show? Yeah, they killed Roseanne. I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about T.I. I wanted to talk about The Breakfast Club. Um, oh, I like that. I wanted to talk about State King. Has Have you been following The State King? No. Do you know who The State King is? Yes. Have you seen The State King's latest post? No. I don't follow The State King. So, no. Do you know who The State King is? Yes. Who? It's your friend Paul. Okay. Watch this. What, hold on. I need you to hold it and then put the audio towards the microphone and watch this go follow paul underscore baldwin god damn it that steak's amazing more steaks more steaks more steaks please 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 oh my god oh my god there's another one i'm gonna start this off with i want your steak inside me what's up baby doll can I just tell you a little bit about Paul? He's such a doofus. He does not know anything about steak. None of this is like in his wheelhouse. I just think it's hard not to be good at it. It is going to be a raw steak followed by a cooked steak, okay? I did not see that coming. That's like fucking intense, man. I've never cried. I've never cried for a steak. Barb, hey, how about we shoot in landscape mode, Barb? Everything's in portrait mode? Jesus Christ, I'm a fucking television producer. I make TV brilliantly. I long for the meat, your meat, Paul. Thank you for everything. Steak cake! Here, it's done. It's going to play on repeat. Is that not, has he not taken things to the next level? That's pretty the funny. The Steak King has taken things to the next level. I'm trying to repost it. We're going to send it to my social media team to have them repost it. But you got you to follow Paul underscore Baldwin. He is fucking making me laugh so hard with this steak. What are you doing, Leanne? I'm twisting the microphone. <laughs> Isla wanted to come in for the read. Isla, what's up? What's going on? Nothing. Yeah? Are you a happy girl? Yeah. You know we got the runaways coming up on the podcast, right? Uh-huh. We got a bunch of the... Pa- We're going to do a runaway week <laughs> starting in December for the premiere of the runaways. That's our show. It's our family show. We love watching it together. It's a cartoon, not a cartoon. It's not a cartoon. A comic book. It's based off a comic book, and it's the show we all watch together. George is probably the biggest Runaway fan, Yeah. but we got a, a bunch of people from the Runaways uh, coming on the podcast. We're going to do one full week of Runaways in December, and then and then everything. It's all bonus stuff. Like, today's episode's bonus, right? because I couldn't do the, whatchamacallit. Uh, I'm in Omaha this week. All shows are sold out. My tour, uh, thank you everyone to, for, to, who bought tickets to tours. If you tried to get a ticket and the shows were sold out, I have added a show, okay? So we've added, I think, 17 shows. So go to my website, burtburtburt.com, find your city, get your tickets. Right now, you can use the promo code SHOTS to get tickets in cities. What's the matter, Isla? A tongue. She has a lie bump. A lie bump? I didn't lie, though. You did. You obviously, you lied if you have a lie bump. No, it's a... Uh, sore thing, and I have something for my headgear in the back of my mouth, and I sore, and my tongue cuts like two thousand so picking out of. Hey, where is your headgear? Mom and I were wondering about that this morning. Oh, 
Has oh. it been in your mouth lately? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Not, sorry. I wonder has. where we got this lie bump from. Oh, I no. wonder indeed. I wonder where we got this lie bump no, from. I Listen to Isla try to lie. She freezes and goes, oh. She starts yeah. searching the air with her eyes. Huh. She starts searching the air like, uh, I'm going to find Mom, it. Mom, I did wear my headgear last night. You, you did, did not. Yes, I did. did I woke you, up what? with my headgear on. And then you took it off before Mom could wake you up? No. Dad, no. Was it on when you woke her up this morning? I didn't notice. Oh, snap. Her head's too oh, buried in the, the pillow. My head's too big for that. She's, I'm, like, I'm afraid I'm going to get well. bitten. When I wake her up in the morning. Oh, yeah? Well, like, someone was being a biatch no, this morning. No, I was You were. I heard you were. And I got my kisses, and someone pulled her face away and said, no, Dad, and then hit her head on the TV in the car. <laughs> and then said, Dad, come on. And she tried to get out of the car and put her backpack on, but I grabbed the other arm, and I wouldn't let her out of the car. And I said, Isla, Isla, it's... It's not that bad. We love you. We love you, Isla. Oh, God. And then you started chasing me down the street with your car. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds yeah. like he said, I love you, Did you scream, I love you, Isla. people over at the pavilion could hear you. Lillian heard you, and it was very, very bad. It was not. You know that you're loved. You and loved then, it. Just for the record, I did the same thing to Georgia. I dropped huh. George off at the bus and then I flipped a bitch on Ventura and I just hit the horn hard as shit. And I was like, <laughs> I love you. George. By the way, she's on the bus with boys <laughs> and I'm honking. And then she wrote, this is what she wrote to me. I can't read it. I want you to read the Here, exact I'll thing. read it. I'll read it. Hold on. I'll I'm going to see if I can find GMAC. Here, what does she write under the picture? A face. And then what did she write? Good God. And then That what? was something else. Did you hear my honk? Everyone did. Yeah. And so I love my daughters. So can we talk about the grifter that is Georgia Kreischer a little bit? Georgia? What do you mean? I didn't even tell you this. Mm, So she texts me today. Okay. So she has an alarm that's going off on her desk. So I go to wake her up this morning and I go to turn this alarm off and she jumps out of bed and grabs this thing wrapped in a handkerchief. And like a bandana. Drugs. No. Did she have a period? I go, what's going on? And she goes, no, no, no. It's just the alarm on my old phone, but the screen is broken. And I went, when did the screen break on your own phone? I don't know. I don't know, but it's broken. So she rushes and opens it and turns it off and then goes back to bed, right? So I don't think you think about it. So I get a text message from her. I get a text. I don't know. I've said, what are you hiding on that? Because clearly you're hiding it. It's wrapped in a bandana. What the fuck is going on? Right? Oh, God. Is she getting some pigtails? I don't know what's going on. Getting some pigtails. <laughs> so um so i get a text message while i'm podcasting oh god oh my god she's got a boyfriend Keep someone going. asked at a prom so i got a text message while she i was podcasting today with sandy and Jeannie that said i have glass in my eye can you bring me some eye drops so i texted her back and said you have glass in your eye you should go to the office and get some help um, there's got to be a nurse there or a counselor there that can help you. You need to go rinse your eye out. You need to go get some help right now. So she texts me back and goes, no, there's not really anybody there. I just need some eye drops. I have had glass in my eye. Wait, hold on. I'm super confused. Uh, okay, keep going. Keep going. I have had glass in my eye before. Yeah. And it is excruciatingly painful. The, when I had it in my eye, I know, I know. I, my eye like watered uncontrollably. And I had to go to the so like get the to hospital. the story. So so I'm thinking she probably didn't have glass in her eye. Something's maybe going on with her eye, 
But it's probably Wait a glass. She <gasps> planned this from the beginning. That's uh, why he hid her phone. Oh, oh my God. Isla, Isla, you're not solving a mystery. Keep going, Leanne. Keep so, going. You're driving me fucking so nuts. So I said, where'd you get this glass? She said, I think it's from the phone I touched this morning. I touched the phone and I probably wiped my eye and it's definitely glass. Oh, of course uh, does this sound like anybody you know? No, that, get that to the fucking point soon. of the story. So she texts me again. How how much longer till you can bring me the eye drops? Because I have softball practice and I need to go to softball. So I need the eye drops. And I text her back and I go, I don't, I think you need an eye wash to see if you can get it out. But I'll come at, when school's out at three o'clock and I'll bring you some stuff and we'll see how it goes. So I come at three. She's texting me the whole time. She's not supposed to be on her phone. Yeah. She's texting me, how much longer do you get here? I get there. Eyeball looks totally fine. Not red, not watery. Nothing's wrong with it. I, she can't really pinpoint where in her eye this, quote, piece of glass is. Uh-huh. And I said to her, looking at you, I don't think uh, there's anything wrong with you. So I'm not really sure what to do. Like, I have to believe you when you say there's glass in your eye, but I've had glass in my eye and it didn't look like your eye. So you got to tell me what we need to do here. Like, do we need to do an eye wash and then go to urgent care? Do we need to go to softball practice and deal with it later? And she goes, mom, it's really burning. Oh, it's burning a lot. I think I should go home and do an eye wash and then see how I feel. Ooh. Right, stop trying to solve it. So I go, just listen to the fucking story. I go. I'm a mystery. I said, listen, I just have to take your word for it, right? Because I don't think there's anything wrong. Yeah. And she goes, there's definitely something wrong. <laughs> so I said, okay, then let's go home and do the eye wash and we'll go to urgent care. I have not heard one more word about that eyeball. She just wanted to skip softball? She just wanted to skip softball. That's she it? I think that's you. it. Wait, why was her phone wrapped up in a thing? I don't know. She planned it. Julian, that's the whole fuck you planned the scene <laughs> of the Hey, I'm not a professional storyteller. Oh my god. I was talking I about apologize. her being I a grifter. I want to apologize to everyone who just listened to that well, whole story. Well, just edit it out. No, like no, no, no. Keep it in. No, keep it edit in. it out. No, if you don't keep, like it. No, it's a great my story. The point is The best part of the story is Isla trying to solve it the entire time. No. When it all just the whole end Isla, she didn't want to go to softball. Well, my point uh. is, what an elaborate grifter scheme she came up with just to skip softball practice. Right? Like, Mom, I have glass in my eye. Mom, can I, I have glass in my eye? Right? Not I have a stomach ache. I kind of have some What's diarrhea. Matter, what were you going to say? I have glass uh, I'd in say my a eye? lot of diarrhea. I'd say a Yeah, that's my point. Something that's not exactly provable, but not as urgent as I have glass in my eye. Yeah, that is a pretty shitty lie. Right? I've got glass all in my eye. I've got glass in my eye. I don't know anybody. Mom, I think I have AIDS. I don't know anybody in this room. Oh, honey. I don't know anybody in this room who would have made up an elaborate. Oh, honey. You have herpes. Anyway, <laughs> sorry the story was lame. I just thought it was pretty okay, bad. Okay, let me tell you my story about lie. this story. Okay, so Georgia, in the morning, she was like, oh, I think I'll not go to school. I'll wrap my phone up because it's glassy. No, are you, now you're making up a story. <laughs> a made-up story. And <laughs> she yeah. put it in this I wrapped like, up my thing, phone because it's glassy. you turned to try it off, and she was like, no. So then she was like, no. And <laughs> she pressed off. And then when she went to school, she was like, perfect scheme. And she was like, this and she was like oh i got glass in my eye i gotta call it on i got glass in my uh, eye. all right guys 
Uh, what are we at? What, 15 minutes? 12. Yeah, 12. That's good enough. All right. Uh, so there will be an open tabs next week. I apologize. Uh, Sober October is doing fantastic. For those of you wondering about the bet, the bet is this. It's a heart rate monitor. And inside the heart rate, I'm going to do a video posting this on Instagram this week. But on that heart rate monitor, for every time your your blood, your heart rate gets above 60%, you get two points. 70% and above, three points. 80% and above, four points. And right now, Joe's on a fucking elk hunting trip, wearing his heart rate monitor all day long, hiking tens and twenties of miles, and he's scoring through the fucking roof. And it's just now, in order to compete, me and Tom and Ari have to pack out 80 pounds of elk on a treadmill to even compete with this fucking guy. Just put Priscilla on your neck and run. So it's, if one of us does come in first, let, I I want you to know it will be a monumental task, a monumental task. Uh, Sober October is doing good. Are you noticing any difference in my personality? You're sober. Other than that. Dad, dad, dad. I have something. You're less angry. Uh, I. Lo- it was not anger. Ang- it wasn't. It was a temper. I you're lo- more patient. I'm more patient. You, you don't have a temper. But you're Why also. Why are you saying everything like you're in a fucking movie in the 1930s? <laughs> but you're also a little more needy. Oh snap! You're a little more like, hey babe. Where's my wallet? Hey, babe, can you just take a look at this? Hey, babe, how about these shoes? Hey, babe, true, can yes. you come come get this? Very ring? much. Hey, so. babe, I'm gonna call you from the treadmill while you're on the couch in the living room to walk to the man cave to turn on the light. Yeah, so you're a little more needy. A little more needy. Are you ready for me to start drinking again? No, I'm not necessarily ready for that. But you asked me if I could tell a difference. That's the difference. Do I look skinnier, Isla? <laughs> Okay, great answer, Ira. <laughs> Today's podcast uh, is a really exciting. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, it's Finesse Mitchell. If you don't know Finesse Mitchell, uh, we talk about all of this. He played football at Miami when they won the national championship in '91. He was a walk-on. Uh, we talk about uh, his fraternity. He was in a black fraternity. Well, he is black, but he is in a black fraternity. Cap Alpha Psi. We talk about the difference between black and white fraternities. We talk about. Uh, getting into stand-up, stand, doing stand-up in Miami. We talk about him getting on SNL. Am I, am, I, am I leaving anything out? And we talk about his brand new special. His new special is called The Spirit Told Me to Tell You. That's funny. Yeah? Do you know what the spirit is? No. I guess that that's funny is like a play on word thing. That means God told me to tell oh. you. Do you believe in God? Maybe. That's the way you want to go to the pearly gates. Uh-huh. I kind of believe in this. I'm not really certain. Can I see some ID there, St. Peter? <laughs> hey, Zeus. Hey, Zeus. <laughs> hey, Zeus a bi- is a big bouncy ball. I'm not going to let you put any of this on. Anyway, uh, it's it's premiering this Friday night on Showtime. The Spirit told me to tell you, so make sure to check it out. Put it in your DVR. You can get the Showtime app. His name is Finesse. Follow him on Instagram. We talk about him getting on his Instagram. He's going to Miami for a reunion of his fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi, and he's going to be Instagram storying that. And let me tell you something. Nobody parties like black fraternities. Those are the fucking best. That's the truth. We talk about him growing up in Atlanta, Outcast, of course. We talk about hip-hop music. You know me. I'm obsessed with it. We talk about The Breakfast Club. It's a great podcast. Why do you talk about The Breakfast Club? You don't know what The Breakfast Club is. Yes, I do. It's a great movie by John Hughes. Oh, stop. 
Oh, snap. That's snap. And that's not the Breakfast Club. Uh, Breakfast Club is a hip-hop radio station. Uh, oh, I know that place. You know that place? You know yeah. that place, Isla? What do they serve? <laughs> Lots of stuff. They, lo- they serve a lot of Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Today's podcast, Finesse Mitchell. <laughs> work out so i walk i work out off and on but the the freaking craving for like oreos and oh. payday you know and payday Kit Kats, you know the payday yeah i never had a payday oh, don't do it boy it's crack for real it's crack man i don't know what the fuck nougat is but it's, it's crack are you ready <laughs> uh congratulations thank you uh, it's a great special i watched the first half of it uh, in my car, I was listening to it, giggling. Oh, dope, man. I think a lot of that, you know, it's so funny. I, there, uh, My new thing in life is to, when I talk to any any person of color, any black person, uh-huh. it's not mention them being black. Right. Because I think that's the true. It's Finesse Mitchell, by the way, everybody. Oh, they already know. I already know. Oh, they do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. y'all got it cracking over yeah. here. And so, but one of, the that things out, that I, one of the things I love about <laughs> great stand-up is when you, when the joke transcends color, mm-hmm. and you just go, "Yeah, I do that shit too." Like, right. and and I, I'm giggling when you're talking about being the old guy in the club, right? And just like, "Oh shit, falling asleep," right, dude? Well, I'm not drinking this month, and that is so me, right? Like going there and falling asleep, and I love that. Kevin Hart did it. The first time I ever saw Kevin Hart uh, talk about his kids, uh-huh. he was doing the Shack uh, comedy thing, All right? And All Star Comedy Jam, yeah. yeah. And everyone went up and played to the room like oh pimps this and pimps that uh everything was very cultural right and then kevin hart just went up and he goes man i got two kids and the place was like yeah we're yeah we're just regular people too i just man i swear to god i just talked to my wife about that i'm going out to new york to do uh to do wendy and to do the breakfast club and the breakfast club is at you know Hip hop, don't Charlemagne the God. You, everyone listening right now, uh-huh. Breakfast Club is my favorite show ever. Okay, it's my favorite show ever. They got it. They got Fucking, it cracking. That chemistry do, is on like Jack. I say chemistry. It's first just Charlemagne. It's yeah. just Charlemagne. Yeah. Like man. I look, I love all of them. The, the whole thing's a team. Right. I get that. But Charlemagne just is. He come with them daggers. He and he, he doesn't give a fuck. Right. Right. Like, he. I, I'm. I talk about the Breakfast Club. I do two podcasts. I do this one, and then I do a solo podcast. Okay. I, talk, I bring up a Breakfast Club interview <laughs> at least once a fucking one every episode. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. you. It's you, good TV. Have you done the Breakfast Club before? I've done it a couple of times. They've okay. always shown me some love. So, and it's and I, what I was saying to her, I was like, "Dang, babe, you know, sometimes, you know, what's going on right now, and who's hot." You know, and I was naming certain comics, yeah. and it was more leaning towards that hip hop. We older, but we tra- transcend into the millennial ear. We got that ear, and she, I said, so I feel, you know, I don't want to feel corny. I sometimes feel corny going on these hip hop shows, and she said, finesse. You know how many them motherfuckers got kids and got to go to the Dude, daycare and the truest. pick kids up and 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 listen to bullshit all day and but try to keep your thing. kids separated that, more people relate to that yeah then then the millennial kids then cat you. williams talking about right. how many special zoned or, Ke- or, or, <laughs> or kevin hart standing up for tiffany haddish well right. all that all that fucking i mean i like it because it's gossip i like no one everyone's it's, money right but right no one relates Which, to that yeah 
and it's like it's almost like it's rich people problems you arguing over who's who's been more successful out of a successful group of people yeah you know and at the end of the day i'm like you know what i love all of them i'm close to all of them and they all getting it and if they take one step back and say let's do a movie together Oh, I bet yeah. you it'll squash all that beef and you that's what you're supposed to do. When you reach that level, when you can just say, let's go get a dope ass writer and we all gonna do our own Harlem Nights. Y'all put me in it too, Tiffany, Kevin. That's the one thing. Can I tell you my biggest frustration as like as a fan, I, I say this I say this like as a forty five year old man, mm-hmm. but as a fan of the culture. Right. 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 Like across the board. Absolutely. When they started talking about Hollywood making black movies finally black panthers coming out and all right. that part of me is like hold on i've been watching black movies my whole fucking life right don't ever tell me belly is gonna is <laughs> like or belly's and, a classic and what's so funny is when i got when i got the thing for you who's your caddy right fucking fucking so, class dude bro. i ran into big boy at an airport and right. lost my fucking comedy class the potato they, salad is a forgery they've the best ad lib lines in the history of a comedy dude they have two they, I've always enjoyed the black movies made by right. black people. Right. I also enjoy Black Panther. I'm not shitting right. on Black Panther, but that's one of the things when you say like, dude, I've, uh, I'm, 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 I would love Soul Plane. Like more right. fucking movies. What they, what they are arguing with, which is true. Yeah. There's not enough. There should be a hundred. There's not enough to that to those three classics that we naming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because every other movie. Which is all the rest of them are not black movies. And you're, you know I, what I mean? I would argue your career is a perfect example of inequality, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Inequality? Yeah. It Preach. Meaning, meaning, <laughs> well, it's like I'm, I'm grateful that a guy like you has got to have been able to make money his entire career. Right. Worked his entire career. Right. But isn't like famous. Right. Right. Because right. I think where you're at now, mm-hmm. I think that. I can you, still enjoy great meals. I can still walk yeah, but, around the grove. But you're set to pop in a way that yeah. no one, like people go, wait, who's this? And you go, oh, I've only been doing it 20 years. Right. I've only been doing it just 20. Dude, I'm right. the exact same thing. Right. I'm the exact same thing mm-hmm. is that I've been working. People don't, people come in and they go, I didn't know you were a stand-up. And I go, yeah, I've been yeah. doing it for 20 years. I'm really good. Right. And when people come see you, they're like, when they see your Showtime special, they're going to be like, who the fuck is this? Right. And, right. And Thanks, brother. It's yeah. your first special. Yes. And Thank so. You. And so I think that's awesome, but but I would say your career is a testament to the inequality because someone like you, who's massively talented, who's worked in every aspect of the business, movies, television, mm-hmm. uh, writing, uh, SNL, writing, awesome, sketch, stand-up, is like, yeah, there's not enough black roles. Right. That's, right. That's the point. So we sit around because we know certain people are going to get those roles. And we go in and audition and we can kill it, but they'll take our jokes and ad-libs before they actually take us in that role. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes we sit back and we be like, oh, I said that in, my, in the damn audition. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. It's some dope comments walking around. Chicago, Atlanta, New York, whatever. It's just the access and then being in the right place at the right time to even hear the information to get a role or to get a lead on something or to just to hear, hey, Finesse, Comedy Dynamics want to do you special. They saw your, the one hour that you shot at the improv by yourself and they like they, they want to partner with you. I needed somebody to tell me that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if, if it, the dopest people, like you said, they, they've been around for 15 plus years and when you do get that break, you know what I'm saying? People, 
they come out to your show and it's almost it stings you a little bit but you're like you know what my attitude is i got you now like you came out to the show Dude. first thing you said was i didn't even know you was that funny i didn't even know you did stand up i just thought you did that but i got you now yeah. you know what i mean and i'm gonna just run with that stay positive and anybody i come around i'm gonna try to infect them with just you know what yesterday might have been a shitty day let's get that shit tomorrow like they got we got you right now and that's that's gonna be my motto man because we old, bro, but we look good, and you and believe. we got we got the culture. Um, we right there teetering. Old. I look old. You, you look great, bro. We're the same age, I think. Yes, we, we were are. in college at the same time. Yes, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was at Florida State. <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> going to talk about that. Don't think we're going to talk about that, because every like one of my favorite human beings is Warren Sapp. Oh, nice. One of my favorite human beings is Warren nice. Sapp. But uh, but you are probably the only person. That's, there's a there's, there's a about, very there's few. A, there's about six. In yeah. the whole world, <laughs> who would say that? No diss to Warren Sapp, because we cool. <laughs> Warren is a prickly you, peach. You got to know him, and I mean know him to just get it and understand him. Oh, he really not going to kill me. Yeah. He just said it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to know him. He, uh, yeah, I have, a, I have, I get a text <laughs> so from him every now and then where he's like, uh, when are you coming to Orlando? Are you going fishing? Right. And, uh, and every time I'm there, I'm just there for the night. Right. But, uh, but well, I want to talk about that. But okay. what I think, what I love about, what I love about your special, and I want to pimp the special up front so that Yo. everyone knows what's going on. It's on uh, Showtime. Yes. Fr- Friday. <clears throat> Friday. 10 p.m. on Showtime. Or download the app if you don't have Showtime or Steel Cable or just DVR. But this Friday night, 10 p.m., Finesse Mitchell debuting world premiere special. I call it a comedy event because everybody, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. just come watch it and then you be the judge. Find me on Instagram, Finesse Mitchell, or just Twitter, Finesse Mitchell. Just be like, I saw it. And then hashtag, tell me what you want to tell me. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh, it's fantastic, man. Thank I wonder if you, you shot it in L.A. It's beautiful. I shot it in uh, I shot it in Glendale at the Alex Theater, and of course, as a comic, once you realize, holy crap, this is about to happen, y'all, we're gonna partner up and shoot a special. Okay, well, I'm thinking Atlanta. Yeah, I thought I. It's the first thing I thought. Well, I, I I'm thinking Cleveland. Eh, what well, Riley doing? Eh, no, nah, we thinking Glendale, right up the street where it's cost effective. I'm like, yeah. Uh, I don't know nobody in Glendale. Like the only thing that that special was missing was that down south, southern. You know how you know how you've been down. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what great laughter is. It's great laughter in Ohio. It's great laughter, in my opinion, in the Carolinas. And, and Ohio might be south. the best comedy state in the entire and union. The, and I tell people that all the time. Yeah, Bert, I tell people that all the damn time. That it's something about Columbus and Cincinnati and Cleveland. Cleveland, especially Dude, the Cleveland, Cleveland Improv. My first special. I ran it at the Cleveland Improv mm-hmm. six times, mm-hmm. and the, I don't, for those of you who don't know, the Cleveland Improv is a predominantly black club. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if it if it works here, right. it'll work absolutely because it's it's just you know it's just jokes, right? There's no, I, I mean, but that's the gauge. Yeah, it's still the gauge. Yeah, like, and and I'm I'm, I'm the exact same way. A lot of my rooms are half and half. It's Democrats, Republicans, it's young, it's old, it's redneck, and it's niggas. It's just they all next to each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, but my my talent is bringing everybody together. You know what I mean? Just, you just laughing about everything. I, I walk that fine line where everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. And they don't realize they don't like each other so they get in the parking lot. But other than that, so man, I, I used to have a joke about me and uh, when I was a young dad, I was... Uh, at the I, went to, I was at the zoo with my daughter, and next to me was this Mexican gangbanger mm-hmm. who had like "fuck the world" tattooed across his throat. But mm-hmm. he had his daughter, 
and we were looking <laughs> at the walruses and it wasn't there was no like there was no socioeconomic standing there was no race there was no nothing right. just two dads with their daughters right the joke right. i used to make was uh he just looked at me he's like fucking walrus <laughs> and i was like yeah that is a fucking like walrus like when are you gonna be a, right. a walrus like that right he's like and our daughters are both laughing looking at each other same age and he's like uh, i'll see you in the parking lot i'll stab you out there yeah but uh but 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 that's real man when <laughs> the, i pick up my daughter from daycare how old oh, she's three. Oh man and when i pick her up i mean it's so funny how between the ages of like two and three everybody that age is the same height you, yeah. If you ever kind of, you might see one like one a- freak avatar, kid. yeah, yeah, <laughs> off in the corner. But <clears throat> everyone is pretty much the same height. So when they come running around and you just looking to find yours, or you spot them playing, man, everybody's playing. Yeah. And when the parents are coming to pick the kids up, nobody's talking shit. Everybody yeah. just wants to sign a sign out sheet and say how was your day and this and that, because everybody's parents. Yeah. And that's that's more thug that's more thuggish. That's a cult right there that you like. You in the club? Yeah, I'm in the club. Yeah, three, three and a half. Do you, you make eye contact with someone walking, one another dad walking <laughs> through the mall with their kid in a stroller, same age. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, I know, yeah. I know yeah. the struggle. Yeah, no sex, no sex. Yeah. <laughs> I love that about comedy right now. I love what you're doing. I feel like I'm kind of in that same. I feel so lane. good that you like like man. I feel so good that you like the material. Man. Oh, dude, I love it because you know how you you know how you you hurt you hear a special, especially hearing it. Now you hear a special and you just listening for content. You just yeah. listen to see what people are talking about. But if you actually laugh, hell yeah, man. That's as comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's you know what yeah, yeah. I also feel like. This is going to sound, I, I, sometimes I, I tend to get a little too esoteric about about art. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to like, like I feel like listening to you, um, Mike Epps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, for a few comics that like Donnell a little bit. Donnell any is Any black guy from the South, I, mm-hmm. I connect to, I think, all, this is going to sound silly, but I feel like lyrically I connect to the way... It's like uh, the way you take in music, you know, like mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. New York, when you listen to music, everything's in your headsets. Right. In the South, going up in the South, everything was in your car. Right. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something, as soon as I heard you, your first joke, you said something about God, mm-hmm. you know, praise right. God, you know, I was like, I, I just smiled. Right. I smiled like I was home and I started giggling. And then you, and as you kept going in, I just went, it's the same thing. When I first saw Mike Epps, I just was like, dude, I feel like I know him. Right. I feel like I grew up with him. Right. And that he grew up in he grew up, he lived in Atlanta for a little bit, right. but grew up in Ohio, I think. But uh but I think that was I think it's just like the same thing. Like my favorite band my favorite mm-hmm. hip hop's out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like Outcast, Goody Mob. Like my biggest definitely, you definitely speak in my language. Everybody that you just named. Well you I, grew I up in Atlanta, school. right? Oh yeah. Like we all came up. Through Atlanta, everybody was pretty much the same age. So So Def had just got started. So, so LaFace Def. Records had just got started. And uh, we had Rowdy Records with Dallas Austin. I don't know if you remember this group, no. ABC. Aisha, you are the girl that I never had. Yeah. I never once met an Aisha in my life. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't sing it to I her. I met 90. I met a million <laughs> I met a, Aisha's. I got to know a million Aisha's. Every, every public school <laughs> got nine Aisha's in the South, bro. So, <laughs> so with... Uh, but but coming up through that era and just and just seeing people getting it, I never knew I wanted to do stand up comedy. It was never on my mind. I always wanted to be an athlete or whatever. But I saw Dave Chappelle on Def Jam one day mm-hmm. do his set. 
Def Jam had been on a gazillion times. I'm in college. I'm at the U. I'm watching it like everybody else. I saw one set that made me, I was like, damn, that shit, I want, I want to do comedy, man. And it made me want to do comedy. And, and then following his career and being his friend and watching him work, I realized the biggest connection, and this for all comedians that, that tune in, because you, you an OG, if you got an hour, jab, jab, yeah. jab, then a, like a body blow, and then you, you, you uppercut them or whatever. But the reason I love the way you said that, like I felt like I got to know you, I was like, yo, I feel so, so honored right now. Who, who gonna disagree with that? Who gonna disagree with, you know what? I'm not saying I give glory to God, like I wanna thank God, but I was just yeah. like, yo, man, he, he did make this happen. Fuck yeah. And, and then, and then you know, take this jab. I'm old, I still like the club. Yeah. Take this jab, you know, LA expensive as fuck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everything people can relate to, but then it's like, you know what, you ladies out there suck high, and it's like <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know if you got to that part, yeah, but it's like, it's it's, and it's a dance, man. And like you said, when when your when your set starts coming out lyrically, and you see the audience dancing with you, and yeah. you in that pocket, man, you feel like a Jedi up there, bro. Right? A hundred percent. Your that basement special with the exposed brick wall, and you just, come on, man, it's like you 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 got it. Like I'm getting goosebumps because when I saw yours, I'm like, you know what? He know who he is. He either you a fan or you about to be a fan but what's more enjoyable is he know who he is it and takes so long laughing. to get there too oh my God. that's why like part of me goes I, I was thinking a lot about I, I you know what happens in this business mm-hmm. is they is anyone young and black and skinny they grab real quick mm-hmm. and they go oh we got another Dave Chappelle we're gonna plug mm-hmm. him in mm-hmm. and it's almost like they don't allow them to develop right they, they grab him once you get grabbed by the industry and get plugged into sitcoms and movies, right. your growth is gone. Right. You have no growth. You're never right. going to learn organically how to do what you do. Dave Chappelle's a fucking anomaly. Right. Okay? Like I, yeah. He's a genius. Right. I'm going to always him. give him that caveat. Right. To, to, the day, to this day, every special he does, I go, that's my new favorite joke I've ever heard. Right. But what they, they do that a lot. They've done it to a lot of guys where you mm-hmm. see them just steal young black kids and go, all right, now, now you're the guy. And it's almost too heavy of a burden I would say I would argue it was too heavy a burden for Cat mm-hmm. I will say that you don't have to say anything I will say that mm-hmm. it's part of what the spinning out that's gone on with Cat mm-hmm. is the fucking pressures I'd say it was too big of a burden on Mike Epps I would mm-hmm. argue that mm-hmm. I would say it was too big of a burden on Dave he disappeared to South Africa mm-hmm. the only person that fucking carried that burden like a marathon is Kevin fucking Hart yeah. Kevin Hart was like give me the ball say what you want to Kevin Hart has Beyonce the game of comedy. Yes. Because that's the only way you can think about it. You know, he playing stadiums, she playing stadiums. She don't go away, he don't go away. If he feel like somebody's starting to rise, he ain't trying to do it out of spite. He just like, I'm not stopping. Yeah. So even when your stuff drop, something else he got is dropping. But that's how she does. And I'm like, where where people compare like Beyonce to Rihanna, Rihanna take breaks. Her yeah. shit is dope. She fine as fuck, but she take breaks. Yeah. And the thing that I like about Kevin and that work ethic that he got is that it's infectious. At least shows you what you can do. And he from our generation. He yeah. from our era. He's our age. He's our age, bro. So it's like, yo, we seeing it. I ain't shitting on that. I'm going to be like. I never shit on it. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I'll man. Shit on, I'll shit on parts of it. I'll shit on parts. <laughs> I definitely shit on parts. Like that, like he well, but, but here's the thing. Once, this, once it's rolling, 
shit just come. Yeah. So of course you like, oh, and you got a hot air balloon business too. Yeah. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. Can somebody make some money? Because <laughs> everything is thrown at you. Yeah. But hey, man, I feel like money and success because somebody, you got 20 people in your life now telling you where you gotta go and telling you what you gotta do. I'm just promoting my special and I it is so many, oh, cancel your trip to Miami where you were gonna go have fun with your friends for homecoming yeah. and come to New York and promote your special. And I'm like, yeah, but Miami keep me regular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need that. Well, that's, what, that's the thing that I keep coming back to is like as a white guy in comedy, mm -hmm. there are so many white guys that mm -hmm. in a weird way you, they, the business allows you to make money and develop mm -hmm. until you're 40 and then at 40 just like bill burr mm -hmm. just like fucking rogan just like all these mm -hmm. all these louis ck tom you get you yeah tom mm -hmm. that you get this opportunity to then start doing specials mm -hmm. and, and i keep coming back to the fact where i go i'm so glad you weren't stolen when you were young because right. you, i remember i remember distinctly when i hearing your name and going He's good looking. Mm -hmm. He's fucking great on stage. He's gonna be gone. Mm -hmm. And and you just got you you did that perfect of like transitioning in and out of like a film mm -hmm. to a, a TV show to SNL to mm -hmm. like floating around doing spots. And that I go, oh this this is mm -hmm. it's almost like uh, when you go. Um, uh, you, we got to this island and they have tigers on the island and you're like what mm -hmm. and they're like apparently no one discovered this island for years and so the ecosystem was allowed developed organically mm -hmm. and now there's fucking killer tigers on there and you're like mm -hmm. shut the fuck up when i watch your special that's what exactly what i thought yeah. i was like thanks because i feel like i got that i got i, got, I mm -hmm. keep going back to this but i feel like we're on that same path now i want to talk because you walked on at miami yeah mm -hmm. that's yep. fucking Man. There's there's two people in this business that will appreciate that <laughs> me and Tom Segura, <laughs> right? Right. You you grew up in Atlanta. Where'd you grow I up grew in Atlanta? Up in Atlanta, Southwest Atlanta. Is the what they Swats. Call the Swats. Yes, sir. I lived Cascade in the Swats day. for the Olympics. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. First day. That's what changed Atlanta, man. Because Atlanta was so that Southern, just you know, black people, white people. We all got along as long as black people, you know, as long as white people knew black people ran Atlanta. And they were totally fine with that yeah. as long as they could get to the Braves games with no problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the way Atlanta ran for a long time. And then 96, the Olympics came and everybody from the North, Philly, Chicago, New York, everybody came down and was like, hey, we the Olympics, boy, it's Atlanta. And so that you could get a house for $80,000 with that, you know, acreages, they were like in a cul-de-sac. Yeah. Nobody left. So Atlanta been exploding ever since. See, the traffic and everything is different. But, um, all day I rap it all day till I die the best music I feel like is coming was piping out of Atlanta when I was growing up because who don't love Outkast and Dude. then and then like comedy See, was but what you got to appreciate Outkast on a level that I never got to appreciate we saw it's high school kids beating on the lunch table type of stuff and like dang man y'all y'all good you know what I mean yeah. but then you actually see them do something and yeah. it's like damn wait a minute they know y'all in Cali they know y'all you go from like and seeing each other at parties in the streets because you know you just had them kickbacks where you just everybody pull up to somebody address but nobody go in the house yeah. so it's just a street full of kids drinking beer but you would hear yo man Outkast about to be at the so and so and Atlanta really supported them man and I'm, it's 20 years later I'm 
I met Big Boy. I, I've always known him, but when we did Who's Your Caddy, yeah. he, we kind of looked at each other like, he's like, damn, man, you left the crib and did SNL, man. Not a lot of people can say that for this. Not a lot of people and, can yeah, say I'm that like, at yeah, all. man, and you're outcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a lot of people can say that. What was it like listening to their music, knowing the references, knowing the streets yeah. they talked about, knowing like, I, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that Decatur, when they go, Decatur, Decatur yeah. I, I thought they were saying, big haters. Like, <laughs> I... It wasn't no, until like Decatur. I first went to Atlanta, I started going, oh, wait, this is where they're talking right. about. Decatur way is greater. I don't know, man. Them boys was just before their time. And Andre, you know, I love Big Boy, but at Andre sometimes, man, he's, he drops something. He'd be like, yep. he take you right down the street you drive down, down every day from Camelton Road to wherever. you just like, yeah, man, I just left there. And just to be hearing it on the national level, you like, yeah, they rep us so hard. We can't not support them. Yeah. And so that's why when T.I. came through, everybody Dude. was like a second wave. You know what I mean? Luda, T.I. I always thought I always thought Luda got a bad rap. Yeah. I felt like he was a little corporate. Everyone right. looked at him as corporate. But T.I. Because T.I. was so real. To be, honest with, to be honest with you, bro, I've heard that about my comedy career. I just what? Heard, I've heard that, though, you just like, you appeal to so many people versus like, you know, oh, our see, culture wants you, you to be so niche that we we cultivated you, we we support you. Yeah, now when you grew, when you cross over, just don't forget. But people who just come up like Luda, and not comparing these two, but a flow rider, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you don't realize that man's a mega millionaire and sells like stadiums out in the Caribbean and just overseas. But he, flow rider is paid. Yeah. Uh, uh, Akon was paid, you know what I mean? So it's, you got, you start like, you start, if you're paying attention to numbers, you realize that Nelly is selling records for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and like they said, uh, Jay-Z and them couldn't figure out, like, why is country grandma selling so many goddamn records? Yeah. But apparently going down, down, baby, your street in the Range Rover, people. <laughs> <laughs> The hood identify with. <laughs> now, when Goody, Mar when Goody Mob first came out, because uh -huh. I when Goody Mob first came out, yeah, and I think they were backed by uh, Outkast. Outkast, yeah. I kind of turned my head sideways. Like I like some songs, but I didn't like everything. Right. Like that's more niche, niche. Yeah, more it, like, it really is. You went. It's like Outkast. You in, went to the neighborhood, but then Goody Mob was like, you went to the neighborhood and then went to the black barbershop. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yeah. now you sitting in the black barbershop. And now you're hearing, you know, me and you, Dude, your I, mama and your cousin too. This is going to sound crazy, but I want to say that I got uh, Who's um, that Killer Mike. I got Killer window. Mike in college. Yeah. Like, I want to say, like, because I was Look also, at him now, bro. He's Dude. friends with Bernie Sanders. He's fucking phenomenal. He's I, phenomenal, man. I just listened to. You got to be on listened, point when you talk to that dude. <laughs> no shit. I just listened to uh, his. To. Um, Run the Jewels yesterday riding through Beverly Hills. Okay. And I, and I didn't, I, I liked a few songs and I'd listen to a few songs. Mm -hmm. And yesterday I let one whole album play and I was mm -hmm. like, oh shit. Okay. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, man. Um, Who do you listen to when you're not listening to hip hop? Right now, I'll tell you that today I listened to, uh, it's uh, the Black Keys I listened to today. I've been really into Lil Wayne's new album. Oh my God. Have um, you heard that Mona Lisa? I love it. I love Dude, when Lisa, when, when Ken, Kendrick Lamar yeah. oh. comes in. I play. Give my, me your phone. <laughs> give me your phone. I said to my daughters, I said, "You got to hear this. 
<laughs> not realizing twelve and fourteen. <laughs> and they're like, Dad, Dad, we can't hear the N word. And I was like, It's music. Yes, you can. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you can hear like, it. I Don't the say it. Album. But you can hear it. Yeah. But like, I love, I love this little Wayne. I've been listening to this nonstop. Oh, um, but I'm, but I was a fan of the Hot Boys when mm-hmm. they first. I was, so when Juvenile first came out with Back That Ass Up, mm-hmm. I got into the hot boys in general i went mm-hmm. like but that's the way record stores worked right you go in you find the one you liked and then you go wait wait what's who's on this label right. cash money all right so wait who's bg i was right. listening to bling i was listening to bling bling before anything anyone was right. calling anything bling right right and so and so i got onto the hot boys had a the block is hot i think was their album right and i remember i was a fan of Lil wayne he had one lyric in one of the songs where i was just like i was Fuck! My head was fucked. Right. Uh, I was wearing a Jason Williams jersey, driving <laughs> this. I'm telling you, I really, I was yeah. wearing a Jason Williams jersey, driving my expedition through Hollywood, and I, I was obsessed with this lyric. And I was staying at the Grafton on Sunset, and I went. I was, I was just got a TV show, just come from New York, mm-hmm. and I pulled in with a girl, and I was walking in, and the hot boys are smoking a cigarette outside. Holy shit! The Grafton on Sunset across the street from the store, and I lost my shit. I right. scared the fuck out of Juvie. I was like, <laughs> Juvie! I was like, oh shit, oh shit! I have a joke about you. Like, I, like, I, and I went nonstop, and I tried to get on my show, and I think they just were like, I mean, they were probably eighteen at the time, right, right, and they were like, yeah, that's thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Appreciate man. It. Yeah, thanks, crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but. Yeah, right now I'm listening to Lil Wayne. But wait, I yeah, want to get back to you. I, okay, cool. Um, that was all good. So <laughs> so you played football in high school. Yeah, I played football in high school. Frederick Douglass High School, Astros, Atlanta Public Schools. Fuck yeah. Do I'm you an APS product. Now here's the real question. Mm-hmm. I'd always ask, my, my wife will know. What was the name of the gorilla in Atlanta Zoo? Uh, Willie B. Willie B. <laughs> Willie B, baby. Everybody grew up on Willie B. My wife. If you my old wife. school, original 404 Atlanta area code, everybody know Willie B. Oh, my wife will tell you millions of stories. Uh, you know Miss Pat? Yes. Miss uh-huh. Pat tells a story about Willie B, how Willie B had bananas and she didn't have bananas growing up. Dude, <laughs> I love Willie B's stories. <laughs> Willie B was the man. Like, Willie B was a real person. He was the mayor. Yeah. Every kid had to go see him. It was mandatory. Like, if you in a public school, you're going to get on a yellow bus and go down to that zoo and you're going to meet Willie B. So a lot of people grew up on him, man. That's crazy. Where were you during those uh, the murders when they were killing black kids? Almost getting murdered. Really? Bro, I got You were a, right in that neighborhood? I, yeah. I got a story where- What's his name? Richard my, something? No, nah, his name is Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams, yeah. Uh, killed, like, I think either 17 or 27, but abducting black kids, bro. And I got a story that me and my family, we don't really talk about much, but it was one of those, right in the heart of all of it, football practice. I'm thinking my brother is gonna come down from where he practices and like, we gonna walk home together, which was at least two miles. But if you together, it's not that far. Yeah, You know what I mean? You pass the time quick. But he came, I went to where I thought he was gonna be. He came to where I was and thought I had already went home. So he walked home by himself and he was home and came home and my mom was like, where your brother? He was like, oh, he ain't home? My dumb ass got into a car. It, it was pitch black. Oh my God. One of the coaches came up to me that was just, uh, he had a coach hat on. He was like, I had never seen him before, don't know him. He was like, I'm a coach. He said, where your folks at? And I was like, oh no. He was like, well, you know, get in the car and I'm gonna take you home. And I was like, okay. He said, you live close? I said, around the corner. He said, okay. I, w- I didn't want to be on the street no more. I got in the car. 
We got in the car, we driving off. I see my mom and my brother coming towards us in their car. And I'm like, that's them right there. He said, that's your folks. I said, right there. My mom's pointing at us as they're driving. She she's like, because ah! I'm in this strange man's car. Shut the fuck up. So he pulls over. She pulls over. And I get out of the car. And I'm like, hey, mama. And she was just like looking at the man like, come here. Come here. You know, and I got out. And he said, ma'am, tr- ma'am, calm down. I was going to take him home. Who? Are you? I mean, she, you know, oh, she was, yeah, she was yeah. hysterical. Who are you? I'm a coach. Da, da, da. That's my Wayne Williams story. But one girl from our elementary school did was was missing. Really? Yeah. So the so where I went to kindergarten, somebody from that school was murdered by Wayne Williams. I watched a documentary about that the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody got to do a dope ass movie about that because that's a that's that's a crazy story. It's, it really does in today's world. And by the way, I there are hints of what the media does and doesn't care about mm-hmm. that still ring true today. Absolutely. It's like young black kids were missing. No one gave a fuck. Right. They right. literally were like, huh? Right. Wait, they're not, they're not kidnapping white kids. All right, we're right. good. I remember, I remember being like, I remember being told, don't worry, we're in Florida. We're safe. Right? Right. It's just black kids. Right. And, I, and we had one black kid in our neighborhood and I was like, Ooh, Uh-oh. I was like, man, Watch if they back. come, uh, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's it, crazy. That, that would be an interesting fucking movie to see done. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Ted Bundy was our guy. Yeah. Cause he was killing sorority girls. Yeah. Yeah. All those, uh, all those son of Sam's and all those things that went on like late seventies and mid eighties, we were like, what the fuck? Do you remember when they were killing, uh, girls at university of Florida? Yeah, I do remember that. He I was remember, cutting remember their that. heads off and leaving yep. them on the fucking I remember that. mantles. Yeah. Dude, I remember that cause all the girls, I was, a, I was probably maybe like a sophomore in high school and uh-huh. all our friends, sisters went to college and all came home. Yeah. And every that. girl graduated a year. Like there's so many girls in Florida that just were like, fuck that. Skipping that year. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even know who that killer was. It's one of those things where like the first, back then media, mm-hmm. the first name that came out, that's the person that did it. Right. Right. And that's like the deal with the, remember the guy that did the Atlanta bombing? Yeah. The fat, he didn't even do he it. Didn't do he didn't it. even do it. He didn't do it. But I'm just about to say the guy with the fat guy with the mustache right. looking with his mom. Yeah. He was like, wait a minute. Because I think it was a security guard. He was a security guard. Yeah, he, he was, like, was like, the one that found the bomb. Right. And then they were like, they it couldn't was find him. the person. They say, yeah, it was him. It was him. And then right. I, now in my head of history, <laughs> I go, true. you remember the guy that did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That dude went to He's the dead. woods for a He's little dead. while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, um. So you played you played football in Atlanta. Yeah. I played ball in Atlanta. Played cornerback and safety. Recruited Miami. Yeah. I went to. I was gonna go. I was gonna go to. Georgia Tech and then uh, I, and then I had letters from Auburn and and Duke and it was just all like I had only these are schools that I applied to got on their radar and they was like okay let us let us come check you out you're good because I was already like I was such an academic dude I'm like it's not about football for me I want to go to Georgia Tech and learn engineering you know that yeah. type of thing all those schools that had accepted me they wanted me to start like June 10th so if we got out June 7th, they was like, you got to come early because of your grades. So you got to take this class and that class. Yeah. And Miami was the only school that was like, yeah, we'll see you in September. And I was like. Miami's a great school. Yeah, For those oh who don't know, God. private. Private school. Great kids from all over the freaking world. And the football team is a monster. You know what I mean? And it just, it was just, Miami was an, that was an interesting time. Two Live Crew was a monster. They had that. Two Live Crew was Miami's outcast. 
So the football team had their own like personal soundtrack to it because yeah. they were huge Hurricane fans. And when they came out with that album, Throw That D, and they had the, all of them had the Miami Hurricane jackets on. Yeah. Man, that shit swept through hip hop in Atlanta. We was Atlanta kids like, damn, I want to get to Miami. And sure enough, that and the fact that Miami Vice was the hot show, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to Miami. Yeah. And once I got there, bro, I was in love. I graduated and stayed there like 10 more years after that because really? I'm like, I don't, I'm not ready to leave yet. So Miami was all that to me. So the first time you went down to Miami is right when you go to school there. Yep, and my Shut first and my first up. stage was the Coconut Grove Improv, Miami Improv. I don't know if you ever been down there, but Dude, the original Improv was in Coconut Grove. I remember. I know that place very well. <laughs> right, like like too well. Right, that's uh, like everybody had to get to the Miami Improv. You know what I mean? Like, and you ha if you didn't if you're a comic and you didn't perform at the Miami Improv. I don't think you really became right. a comic. Yeah. Like you that you needed that club to yeah. give you some road stories. Man, that was such an interesting thing you was talking about earlier when you said like once you hot, they snatch you up. Yeah. So you never really get to develop your comedy. I know a lot of comedians like that, man. Where like if you fly under the radar but you good, they insert you and stuff. But yeah. that whole machine ain't about to blow you up. But the people that they do blow up, the reason they can't handle that pressure is because they want you to go right back to Houston where you just made $100,000 in a weekend. They want you right back there like four or five months later. And them same people going to come and see you again. Yeah. But now they're like, yeah, but we heard all that. you know. So you, if you don't keep it fresh, you do feel the pressure of like, damn, do I turn down this money? But they're looking at it like, yo, you just sold out 12 shows. You got to go back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And once you do a movie and you off the road and you do another movie and then you do a tour and then you do not a comedy tour, but you're doing a promo tour. By the time you get, when did you have time to practice? When did you have time to make up new material? When did you have time to live to write yeah. the stuff? Yeah. Like, so you go in and you all discombobulated on stage. And then a lot of people leave shows saying, yeah, I like him as, you know, but he wasn't funny, funny. Yeah. They ain't have time. So anyway, I don't know. It's just my mind just went back to that. No, no, reason. I get, dude. I'm obsessed with it. The reason <laughs> Bill Burr is one of the greatest comics of our generation mm -hmm. is because everyone fucking ignored him. Yeah, for a long like, time. He got a he got a sitcom. Mm -hmm. First months of doing stand up, he got on a sitcom with Molly Ringwald. Okay. Everyone Damn, was, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, uh -huh. oh yeah. It was called uh, it was called Townies. Damn, I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, and, and because he was had red hair. Yeah, I'm a pretty in pink fan. I know all her movies. Yeah, though. he was in Townies, and he. Uh, it, it blew up and then it disappeared and he went mm -hmm. back to New York and he's still working on stand-up. Mm -hmm. Working on stand-up, moved out to LA trying to act, nothing mm -hmm. happened and then he just gave up. He was like, fuck it, I'm going back to New York and mm -hmm. I'm focusing on stand-up. And that time mm -hmm. where no one wanted to fuck with him and he got to explode and blow up and write and write and write. Mm -hmm. Then when he popped, and mm -hmm. by the way, it, I think I'm, I'm being fair. Ch Chappelle show showed him some love. Yeah, but it wasn't mm -hmm. until like his third special, okay, where he like popped, okay. where everyone was like, "Oh, I want to go see him," and he was like, "Oh, I'm in the, I'm in my lane right now. Mm -hmm. Come out and see me, and I'll have a brand new hour next year, and a brand new hour next year, and I'll keep recording specials." That's why it's that mm -hmm. one that incubation period you get. Mm -hmm. It's the reason, like it's the reason people. Sh I mean, this is going to be very controversial. I apologize ahead of time, but the reason people shit on female comics go, "Oh, female comics aren't funny." That's not true. Mm -hmm. Female comics are hilarious. Right. A lot of times, they're not given that incubation period where us older guys get twenty years to do comedy right. before you discover us. Right. That because people want the women young right. and pretty. So Amy Schumer gets discovered at twenty seven. Preach, Bert. dude. Who, what fucking twenty seven year old? Is, is ready to be I mean it's very few 27 year olds I think Amy's done a good job but like right. you look at all the ones that they they snatch up and they're just like 
it's like overwhelming. It's right. too much at that young age. But we're me and you right. are ready for it. We're right. like, Joe, put me in the system. Right. Do whatever. Well, you want me to do Stern? You want me to do Wendy Williams? You want me to do the Breakfast Club? Yep. You want me to do? You name it. I'm ready. I'm. I'm this is what I do for a fucking living, and I've been right. doing it, and I've been waiting for this opportunity. Right. Um. Everybody. Everybody who's doing it right. I mean, you can make a lot of money beforehand, but you hit a fucking stride at forty. Like you just hit it in your career. If you acting and you any good at it, you hit a, a stride. If you having babies, babies bring prosperity and good luck. So yeah. you start booking shit. You and said you're it, ready. You said it. The, I got to give a shout out to fucking Forbes. For whoever's <laughs> writing these articles at Forbes, I love you, man. Hey, man. So what got, up, Scott King? <laughs> dude, that guy at Forbes. Forbes yeah. has got a dialed in view on comedy. Mm -hmm. Whoever it is. Mm -hmm. is a legit comedy fan. They are wow. writing mm -hmm. great articles about comedy. Yes. They wrote a and they wrote a great one about you and you said you said something about being Morgan Freeman and I thought right. Yeah. Right. They're right. always going to need a regular just like a grown up to play. I, yeah, I wanted to be famous when I was 22. Right. But I'm 40 and I'm still just cool at working. Now, now here I I got goosebumps, but but here's what here's what's so funny about my career. I didn't plan on that. When I started watching comedy, like we used to watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and my mom would say, that's you. Like that dude, that dude taking your check. You can do that. That's how you act around the house. Yeah. So as a young kid, I'm like, yeah, I am kind of like goofy and silly and suave in a way, silly suave like The Fresh Prince. But it wasn't until like later when I actually got into comedy and I started thinking about people's careers. When I was young, I used to say, damn, man. I want to have that Morgan Freeman career. Like, I want to get discovered off the electric company or some bullshit and be like 40-something and then work for like the next 30 years because everybody who's working at 20 are tapping out at 31. Yeah. And I wanted to be the other way around. And sure enough, man, even when I got SNL, they was like, not, not yet, not yet. You, you said Morgan. You wish for <laughs> And they pulled my ass back. You know who the white version of that is? <laughs> who? Gene Hackman. Yeah, oh, that's true. Gene that's Hackman didn't get famous until he was 50. Damn. And see? Yeah, you you enjoy it more. I think, like you said, you're able to handle it more. But at the same time, it's fun. I'm, I watched a lot of people have fun in their early twenties. Well, I think we got with to all have, that goddamn money. We got to have fun. We got to have fun. I had some success where mm -hmm. you where you'd go like, I mean, trust me, being a cast member on SNL, that's mm -hmm. a big splash. That was huge, bro. And that's and how were you? Thirty six? Yeah, no, I was like thirty one or thirty one. I was either thirty one or thirty three. That's still young as shit. Yeah, and that's still crazy fun. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, man, you can even go back. Any, you know, <laughs> you know, how many guys would give mm -hmm. a fucking foot to be on a national championship football team? Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's yeah, a, that's an amazing mm -hmm. life experience that that very few people in this world get to experience. Not right. only that, but to be playing and mm -hmm. be a part of. You know, just running through the smoke at Miami and realize you next to a Warren Sapp or a Dwayne The Rock Johnson or a Ray Lewis and you watching people practice. And as a true fan of the game and you on the team, but you sitting back saying, oh, that boy good. Yeah. Oh, that boy's a monster. Or, and you realize, oh, yeah, we on the same team. But you see why somebody is starting in front of you because they run a four three and they don't they never drop the ball. And. I don't, you know, grade wise, it, I don't know what, what was but. it. What was it about Warren Sapp that made him so good? He was an offensive player. He was a tight end. He came in as a tight end. Really? But he had so much dog in him, and I think I don't know whose idea it was to say, hey. And he was gaining weight a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So his body was changing from tight end to like a big boy, big boy. Yeah. It was like let's try you at D tackle, 
But I think him being just tight and quick, you know, having that type of quickness where you can be like the the white dude, Jason Witten. You know, his first step is crazy. People don't realize, hey, how does that dude play for 15 years? Because he still got a quick first step. Yeah. He, he's faster than the black linebacker, and he gets open. So <laughs> that's why he's still playing. Yeah, Warren had that type of shiftiness and power, and I just think he was angry all the damn time. Yeah. So he ate up. He, ate, he literally ate quarterbacks. He would literally change the game of college football by making three plays that needed to be made at that time. And that's when Santana Moss had that famous line, big time players step up in big time games. And they always repeat that down in Miami because that was Warren back in the day. That was Ray Lewis back in the day. That was Ed Reed back in the day. Like these cats was just monsters. You guys were a different, you guys were a different type of athlete. Mm -hmm. I remember you guys. I like to say those guys. No, you guys. (laughs) You were part of that fucking group that walked out to the Seminole head and grabbed a handful of grass and was like, fuck you. Dude, I remember that. I hate it to this day, man. The fact that we was freaking losing 27 to 7 and he's going into the, 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 the end of the third quarter. I'm like, there is no way we're supposed to lose to Florida State. We are yeah. better than them. And the fact that that, little, that freshman quarterback brought us back and we won, hey, I'll take it. I remember the 91 game where it was, was that wide wide left? Mm-hmm. And then it was, I remember Dan Mallory. We had two wide lefts. And then, and then two wide rights. Two wide rights. God, man, those, I, I mean, I, I often look at like the paths we have in life to where mm-hmm. we get to where I'd mm-hmm. say we're, I don't say we're the same man, but we have we're very similar lives. Where mm-hmm. we, we hang out in the same circles, we work mm-hmm. the same places. Mm-hmm. But to think that like two globally different life experiences, right? You know, to think that I, if I was sitting at that football game now and go, hey, one of those guys on the team is going to be at your house, <laughs> all right, in, in twenty years, twenty five years, yep. isn't that fucking just insane? That's crazy that you FSU same exact time I was down in Miami. Yeah. And we choose the path of comedy. And it's a similar path. Like, you got a great brand now. Like, you got you do great work when you're on oh, stage. Thank you. You know what I mean? That that thing that you decide, this is what I want to do as my next project, you're there now. So, whatever, when, you know, whatever you're about to pitch or get into, you're there now. Because, you know, you, you remind me of, I, this might sound crazy, but there's... I'm going to just say it. There, there's, there is a much cooler, more like, this guy is more relatable, but I see this guy having the same fan base. I see Tim Allen. Dude, I I'll, see take t- it. I'll take it in a fucking heartbeat. I see Tim Allen saying, this is me. Yeah. But you say that and you and you looked apart. He didn't look apart. He looked like your, your corporate... He I think like there, was a dark, there was a darkness to him that yeah. I, I think he was always afraid to share about, oh. you know, his cocaine history. And yeah. Like, and I think, I, I think that I share, I share that. Thank you very much. I mm-hmm. will say, but I share that darkness and I think it isn't an actual darkness in me. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I've done cocaine, people go, Oh yeah, he partied. Yeah. You know, like he didn't have a problem smuggling it into the country like yeah. Tim Allen. Man, when I look at careers like Drew Carey and Bill Maher, I don't, I think that gotta be on y'all resume. You know what I mean? It's not like that's a hindrance yeah. unless you just totally drop off the face of the earth because that's all you want to do. Yeah. But I don't think people coming up in the late 80s and the early 90s avoided it. I, I heard about it, but I didn't know a lot of black people doing cocaine. I know they either tried to sell it or whatever. Yeah. 
I wasn't in that crew. I was so oh, middle class. Yeah, well, you didn't hang out with the right group. Yeah, in New I didn't. York. I, yeah, I, I was. <laughs> but my first drug experience was SNL at whatever that was, thirty one, thirty three, and it was only weed, and really? and loved it so much, and didn't know. Yeah, I was just like. Like, is this what it's like? And Kenan was like, yes, it is. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And that was it, you know? And, but I avoided all that. You, that's what I'm saying, you got that same fan base where dudes be like, hell yeah, whatever he said. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. And where women are like, ah, oh, typical, but they can't turn us off. They yeah. stay watching. They want us to, and what else are you thinking? <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? They want to get mad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when you feed that fan base, like that's you right now, you know what I mean? Mine is somewhere. I don't, you know. I'm trying to. I think. Tr- I think there's I'm a trying time. to like say, hey, watch this special and then tell me if y'all feeling me because I know it's been a while. You know it's, what I mean? You know, a lot of it is like you. You can't. I don't think we pick the material we write. Mm-hmm. It's what's happening in our lives, and mm-hmm. it's what. It's kind of like what's going on, and you just talk about it, and you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't have any foresight, and then people receive it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that there's a generation that you speak to that is just going to be like it's it's a very multicultural generation that Mm -hmm. goes oh yeah yeah we all have a lot of the same experiences i'm just seeing it through his lenses Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you you're you're, all your life experience i mean i'm there's so many things i want to know about like you were you were in college during the time when puffy was running uh like big bad boy up and down the east coast yeah now here's the funny thing i worked at luke records you I was a I was an intern for Luke Records. Dude, I ran into Doctor Luke one time, <laughs> Uncle Luke uh, uh-huh. at at fuck at uh at a restaurant in Miami, and I lost my shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I lost because that anything in Florida that was fucking right. I didn't mean to cut you off. Everyone no, knows I fucking good. interrupt everyone on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> it's all good. If I interrupt, it's a testament of how excited <laughs> I'm about the conversation. Okay, people, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> but yeah, good. so you, wait, so yeah. tell me about this. No, man, it's it's so I had an R and B group that I was trying to get put on. And I said, well, who's the record label here? Luke. And I said, well, he doing booty shake music. He not doing R&B. But I said, fuck it. Let me learn the industry. Well, once I got there, it was what I thought it was. It wasn't the most organized place. He just, he controlled his own distribution. He was one of the, he was one of probably the first person. He was before cash money. He mm-hmm. was like, I'll distribute myself. I'll print my records myself. And I got the warehouse myself. He did everything himself and still went, sold a million records. You know what wow. I mean? So uh, we, I'm sitting there and it was just, it was just comedy. Cause he comedy. Like we had this intercom that went out through, throughout the building and you would hear, he would just, you just hear, it's like a principal. You hear somebody <laughs> tap and then be like, oh. So you in your office like, oh, what are you about to say? You like, and all you hear is, uh, this message is for Tara Oxidine. I have important people coming today. So please park your shitty ass car on the street outside of the parking lot because I don't want people to think bums work here. <laughs> and would get off the thing. Yeah. And you'd be typing like, Holy shit. <laughs> and then three seconds later, you see a girl go down the hallway, this motherfucker, get off my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it'd be like a movie. You'd be like, move that bummy ass car. That man ain't playing. But um, the fun part was, and during that time, Bert, I was working at Luke Records. Puffy had it popping in Atlanta. Jermaine and them had it popping in Atlanta. And NWA was cracking. Uh, no. Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre and Snoop yeah, yeah, was, yeah, the crime yeah, was cracking yeah. 
in 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 Florida. I mean in L.A. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Dr. Dre and Luke got into a beef. So I was there when you they was doing them diss records back and forth. Shut and up. And I and it was just people like, "Yo, man, watch your back." And I'm like, "Ain't nobody coming from L.A. All the way down to Miami. Like yeah. it ain't that serious." But the fact that. People, it was just so much chatter going back and forth, and all the A and R people and all the people who worked here. I had a great hustle going because Luke had all these peep show type posters, big booty girls, and just him smiling, but chicks bent over. You see stuff, and it's just like what? And these were posters, and these were peep holes that for your keychain. And so people from Bad Boy wanted his stuff. So I'm like, all right, well you send me Mary J and One Twelve. I'll send you two live crew and Trick Daddy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was a whole bunch of trading going back and forth. And back then, you, was, you know, it was 20, 21, 22. You know, I wasn't really looking at it like, oh, shit. This is a part of history right now. Because this, this label is the hottest it's ever been. The looking that, back on it. The fact that you even knew of Trick Daddy. Oh, man. Dude. We just heard. We were just like, hey, this is dude named Trick Daddy. And he killing Miami. And then you heard, hey, man, Luke going to put him on Scar. He's like, what? Yeah, Trick Daddy and Luke about to team up. And then sure enough, you hear Captain D coming, Captain D coming. Don't, 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 don't. And then Trick come up. <laughs> oh, man. Trick Daddy's a monster. Trick Daddy's one of my, his, I think his Breakfast Club interview. Nah, 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 nah. Where they go, uh, they go, you got lupus, right? And he's like, yeah. They're like, you taking the medication? And he goes, no, I'm just smoking uh, boot or something. And they go, what's that? And he goes, marijuana with cocaine in it. It's so much better for you. <laughs> oh, damn. Dude, damn. Dude, Trick Daddy. I fell in love with Trick Daddy when I met my wife. When I met uh-huh. my wife, two albums came out. Uh, Trick Daddy's, uh, the one where it's just him on the on the cover with his grill. Mm-hmm. And it's got Trick Loves the Kids. Right. And all that whole album. And Scarface. Scarface came out with yeah, his album, man. The Fix. Yeah. And I played those on repeat. To this day, if I play a Trick Daddy song, mm-hmm. I would say to my wife, this is our song. <laughs> and she would be like, I, I don't even like this. <laughs> oh, dude. I, Are you, you and your wife opposites or y'all? Yeah, very opposite. Okay. Yeah, very. I mean, very similar, but like she listens to hip hop if I listen to it, but right. she's not a hip hop fan at all. Right. But my wife. Dude, Trick Daddy is one of my favorite human beings alive. Trick Daddy and DMX. DMX does an interview. I think it's on the Breakfast Club where they talk to him about drinking and driving. You ever heard this? Uh-uh. It's the best interview ever done. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it on Open Tabs this week. It's the best interview ever done. Where he goes, uh, where they go. So you lost your license, huh? And he's like, yeah. And they're <laughs> like, uh, they're like, so you don't drive? He goes, no, I drive. And they're like, you drive? He goes, yeah. Catch me if you can. And they're like, wait, what? I didn't get taken away. And he goes, yeah. And they're like, how? And he goes, I was at this airport and this Chinese guy is driving mad crazy. So I decided to pull him over. And they're like, are you a cop? He goes, no. And the dude was, wouldn't respect my authority. So I was like, fuck it, I got to pull him over. Boop, boop. I hit him with the siren. I pull him over. I check his light. And they're like, you're not a cop, right? right. He just talks about the whole fucking experience. And it's almost like he's crazy. <laughs> right. It is the best fucking interview he, I've ever he heard. He pulls a car over and he's not a cop. He was at, at JFK uh-huh. and a guy cut him off so he decided to pull him over. So he's got a high, siren and horns, everything in his car, pulled a guy over oh. and went to jail for impersonating a federal officer. Dude, DMX. That's crazy. There was a... There was a there was <laughs> That's a, crazy as shit. There was a documentary they did uh Back, it was a long time ago. It was about a tour that Jay Z was putting on. Right, the Hard Knock. Yeah, it was a Hard Knock, and it was the a documentary. Yeah, oh man, and with Dame and, Dash, and that's when Dame Dash came to power because you saw oh. his personality, him and Jay, and then um, DMX, 
and I know f- either Fabulous or DJ Clue was on it. Both it was of another, them. Both yeah, of them. they was both on it. But it was three big acts, and Jay Z was the headliner. Yeah, and Method Man, Red Man, Method Man, and Red Man. Yeah, them three. It was uh, it was such mm-hmm. a great fucking yeah. That shit was I great. Watched, that shit was what backstage? backstage is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I said and it hard was not, so backstage. great. Yeah. DMX is just such a wild card. I was gonna go visit him in prison in Arizona. Uh-huh. I just thought, I wonder if I could visit him in prison. Just right. talk to him for like an hour. Now you gotta be on the list. Oh fuck, I don't know how prison works. <laughs> the uh, so so I experienced. I'd say in the parallel universes, I experienced the white fraternity. What's mm-hmm. the, the we we always heard horror stories about black fraternities. Why horror stories? They just hazing was next level. They'd be like, our yeah. our guys would haze us, and they go, "You have no idea what the black people are doing in their fraternities." <laughs> and we're like, "Wait, what?" And they're like, "Oh." And then you see these dudes with big omegas branded right. in their arms. I you were the you were cap alpha psi. Cap alpha psi. I got a brand on my hip. You got the brand, brand? on my leg. Brand on my chest. You got a brand on your chest. Yeah, it's we faded. did uh, we did it's omegas now though, but. There's a big K with the, with the oh K on shit, it. and you go to Beach Week with that on, bro. You take your, sh- I take my shirt off and get tan. That shit come through so dark, so that's how I always know it's it's winter. When I look down at my brand, it's faded. Like you can barely. How did they see brand it. you? Cataline. They had a Cataline. Like with you the- have, yeah, you have it made. Uh, put your fraternity logo and crest on it. Walk me then- through. I want to, if you can, <laughs> walk me through. The entire branding process. Like, branding process is you tell them where you want them. Majority is on your arm and on your chest. Now, if so you're you, an Omega you got, or what they call a Q-Dog, uh, the purple and gold fraternity, a lot of times they make their brand with a with a with with a with a with an iron. With a, with, with a, with a, with hanger, a hanger. Clothes hanger. That's what I always heard was that you did it with a hanger. That's the shit that a keloid and pop up and raise up off your skin. And some people's thought, skin is see, prone to keloid anyway. I thought all black people were prone to keloid. No, no, because I, my shit never raised up. Yeah. So it's, that's not true. You can do it, though, if you got an idiot branding you and he don't know what he's doing and you keep that shit too long on your skin. Oh, my God. My oh, yeah, that shit, that shit just bubbles up. And before you know it, it's going to heal that way. So that's that's what forms the keloid. Yeah. So you'd see them walking around like there wasn't. I don't think there was any black fraternities at Florida State. I think it was all family. Fuck, you. yeah. No, it was all FAMU. No, it wasn't. For real? Yeah, well, they they all through Florida State. Theta For Eta, Kappa Alpha Psi, I've been there forever. I remember seeing Omega's branded <clears throat> and being like, just was, and then we all, we did, uh, we got a little tiny Omega and we did it on our arms, little tiny ones. <laughs> <laughs> what know, was the fret? Alpha, alpha Tau Omega. Alpha Tau Omega, okay. And yeah, so yeah. we ATO, so we got uh-huh. a little ATO, but then I got shot by a paintball and it disappeared. Uh-huh. I got shot by a paintball and it's right on top of where we all got the brand. Uh-huh. It was tiny. It was literally like this. It's at least a hundred dudes. No, that's that's too many. It's at least at least 70 dudes with this bunny rabbit. But each line got something different. There's it's something small about this bunny rabbit that's different. So where my eye is black, somebody's eye would be clear. Somebody's eye would be colored in red. Somebody's yeah. eye is something different. But anyway, you put Vaseline the way you're supposed to prep, put Vaseline all over the area that you want to brand, take the cattle iron or the, or, the, or the clothes hanger and just tap it and come off. That's all you got to do. You there's got a nice a, and there's brand. A guy, there's a guy that's like the expert brander. No, it's your 18 year old buddy that you hope he do the shit right and don't fuck up your skin for life. You know what I mean? It's usually a dude that does everybody. Yeah. But, you know, we kids, bro. It was like, hey, put the beer down and come do this brand type of thing. Man, y'all, man, all right, come on, what do you want it? You know what I mean? That type of thing. So, for real. So, how do they heat it up? Just so over like a fire? Yeah, you put it in a fire and or you, you just let it stay on the stove. 
Let it stay on his toe all damn day. So did and did you just it was like a was there one night of branding like the your yeah initiation it'd be like night? A, it, no it'd just be random. You got to already like be a brother, and then you just plan it. So if somebody brought a brand to a big function, Fuck. or it's just a party going on, there's a room somewhere in that party where cats getting brand. You know what I mean? So yeah, I ain't gonna never forget mine. I got mine done. I got mine done at Florida State, and the other one done at the University of Florida. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Not at Florida State, FAMU. FAMU. Yeah, so I went over, so we went to, you know, you go to parties all up and down Florida. So I went to the Kappa House at FAMU, and this dude, uh, I forgot his damn name, but yeah, they had the brand out, and people was getting brands, and I'm like, I looked at my frat, I looked at the dude I came with, I was like, yo, man, I'm about to get a brand. He was like, yeah, fuck that shit, get it, get it. He talked me into it, and I got, I was like, fuck, you gonna do, you you gonna get the brand? He was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, oh. (laughs) And so you got the one on your chest? I got the chest, I got one on my hip, I got one on my leg. But I got a tat on my arm and I got another tat on my chest. And I'm about to get a tat to kind of like insulate it where it's a sleeve or something. Yeah. Because being 40-something, I ain't about to be walking around with a bunny rabbit no more. <laughs> I got people, white people coming up to me. You were in the Navy. No, I wasn't in no damn Navy. <laughs> oh, God. So now I got to cover this up and put a one of them Brahma bull or like the rock thing. Something, I don't know, masculine something on it. <laughs> Got a fucking bunny rabbit. I can't imagine. uh, (laughs) I can't imagine. Man, the hijinks we did though. Oh my god! Really? Being a being 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 because we still in the fraternity. It's not like it goes away. Like we still go to meetings. It goes away for white guys. Yeah, that that we know. We like yeah. Once they graduate, they done with it. Man, we still paying money. We still going to meetings. We still doing God right. Community this, community that, throwing parties. I got to go host a Kappa event in Texas. January 6th. Really? Yeah, man. That shit is huge, bro. It's like a huge culture thing. It's, it's like black bands, marching bands. You in the band till you die. You ain't going to practice every day, but you talk about that band like it was a fraternity. Or really? A yeah, man. That's, I, I, we don't Remember have how that. Nick Cannon did that movie Drumline? Yeah, I do. Of course It made I a do. gazillion dollars because it was a movie about the culture. And he knew that. Yeah. So he, he tapped into that, you know? Why isn't there a black fraternity movie? They've made a bunch of them. But it's a slippery slope because once you make the movie, you're also exposing how you're doing what you're doing. And we don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, see, man. Because now people are doing it, but they ain't supposed to be doing it. Yeah. So you don't want to, like, make it too real. And if it ain't real, people don't want to see it. It's so funny. The second you graduate, like, I'm still close with, I'm in, like, a betting pool with my fraternity brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, I see them when I go do shows. Mm Mm-hmm. But like, the brotherhood definitely dissipates once everyone leaves. It kind of I think maybe maybe a little less for guys who still live in Tampa, still live in Orlando, mm-hmm. still live in Atlanta. But it's definitely dissipated for me. Where you just are like you keep in touch, but I I don't like I can't imagine. I mean, if ATO wanted to do something like mm-hmm. the chapter at Florida State when my special came out, they're like we want to have a midnight viewing party mm-hmm. for your special, and I was like, great. Do it. I was like, what do you need from me? And they're like, nothing. We just wanted to let you know. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. And then I sent like a box of books to them. Mm -hmm. But your book? Yeah, my book. Yeah, yeah, no, just books. (laughs) Just random books. Guys, you should fucking read. (laughs) Read this shit. Yeah, but black fraternity. Do you have any Mm -hmm. white guys in your fraternity? Yeah. For real? Yeah. It's not a whole lot, but there's a Gary Owen every now and then on a campus. I got Gary Owen on the podcast next week. (laughs) Dude, Dude, I'm so excited. I, I ran into him at the Cincinnati airport and he just came up and he was like, 
because you know we all see each other's faces on the posters yeah. and so we all know each other mm-hmm. and you always like you always if you're an interested person mm-hmm. you're always like hey how was Gary Owen last week and they're like dude it was great yeah. he fucking gets this guy in the audience and so you hear stories he kills it bro yeah yeah. And so he's coming on the podcast next week um, his Cincinnati Bengals loving ass how did you decide how did you decide Kappa it was just something that I knew I wanted to do like my brother is a Q dog he's another fraternity he's really? older and he, but how old's your brother? Uh, he's like forty eight or forty nine. Okay, and 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 I knew I didn't want to do that. Me, we usually did the opposite stuff anyway. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I don't want to be no Q dog. He a Q dog. He did Q dog for everyone knows the one Shaquille O'Neal, who yeah, by the absolutely. way was not a Q dog. Yeah, he was. Shaquille was not a Q dog, but he would do the when he scored a basketball, he'd do the Q dog right. thing that you always saw the football players do, where they put their hands up by their head. Right. But he, Shaquille <laughs> would do that, and I never understood that. I was like, because ain't nobody telling him he can't do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And then he went and uh, he pledged alumni or something, so he oh, is officially he? one. Yeah, oh, he's really? a Q dog. Yeah. Who are the famous uh, cap off size? Uh, okay, John Singleton. Why should I know this? He's the director. He does uh, Snowfall. On uh, FX, you ever seen that show Snowfall on FX? No. Well, he did Baby Boy, the, the black movie. Baby oh, Boy, I know. Tyrese yeah, I know. Oh, no, I know. Oh, I, oh, okay. I know John Singleton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Dude, Baby uh, Boy, are you shitting me? That's one of the best <laughs> yeah. movies ever. Yeah. That's one of the best movies ever. When he, when so, Bing Rams puts him in a headlock yeah. and starts licking his head. <laughs> when Snoop Dogg the- took off his shirt, dude, <laughs> and showed that bird chest. Oh my God. Uh, uh, Finesse Mitchell, Cedric the Entertainer. Red Grant, I don't know if you know Red uh, Grant. Don't, don't even start. <laughs> Red Grant's a cat. Absolutely. Are you serious? Hell yeah. Red Grant's one of my favorite human yeah. beings in the world. I don't know Red Grant heard. taught me more about black people than anyone I'm human sure being. He, he, ta- he teaches black people more about black people than anybody. Me, uh, and, I know. me and Lunell got into a fight. Uh-huh. And he knows Lunell very yeah. well. Mm-hmm. But And he goes, and I was pissed. And he goes, don't get pissed. She's not mad at you. Mm-hmm. I go, what? And he goes, she's just talking to you. You don't know enough black people to understand that that's how we speak. Right. And I was like, well, she's yelling at me. He goes, no, nah. she's talking to you. Right. She's just talking to you. So then, like, a week later, he's like, let's go play golf. So we go to play golf. I didn't, this is, this, I'm really white. For as much mm-hmm. hip hop as I like, right. I'm the fucking whitest guy in the world. Uh-huh. I We played, I didn't realize they had country clubs in, in Compton. I didn't okay. realize that, like, of course, there's golf courses in black yeah. communities. Right. Black golf is very different than white golf. And I know you were part of that movie, mm-hmm. but trust me when I say, like, mm-hmm. they talk shit right. while they're putting. Right. And I was like, guys, it's um, silence on the course? No, it ain't. Yeah, it's silence. <laughs> you mean be quiet. Man, you better hurry up and putt. <laughs> and I was. They, we treat it like putt putt. Yeah. So the shit you would talk on putt putt, that's how golf is. Dude. And yeah. we smoke. And we play loud music. Yeah, it was not what I expected. <laughs> and I was so caught off guard. And he kept laughing going, what's wrong with you? I go, you're talking. I'm about to putt. And he's like, yeah, I'm talking shit. You're going to miss it. And I was like, hey, man, you want me to get like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I, I love Red there, There's no written rule that yeah. you got to be quiet. They just, it's a respect thing in the professional world. It's not yeah. like the audience is fined. Is you know, or the or the other golfer is like, oh, we gonna penalize you. You keep talking, but. yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, I love Red Grant. They 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 they, they got. Do you guys ever do a Kappa show out here, like a comedy show? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do shows together. Do you guys get to hook each other up? Like like when you meet Cedric and you go, what's up? And you give him the secret handshake. Does yeah, he we like- do all that shit. Hey Cedric, what's up, bro? Put me on the show. I want to be on the neighborhood CBS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Finesse. Yeah, man. Let me let me tell the writers and stuff. And so uh, shit like that. Um, uh, my two hookups Elliot in the morning in DC ATO mm-hmm. Guy Fieri oh okay Guy Fieri I gave him the secret handshake he went oh 
Mm-hmm. I said, it's been a while, huh? Yeah. And he was like, I kind of forgot it, but I think I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just met him. Uh, he hang out with DJ Irie in uh, Miami. I don't know if you know that dude. Uh-uh. But uh, yeah, man, we it's, it's serious. It's till you die, bro. Did you ever step dance? Fuck yeah. I was a cane master. Oh, is it line dance? Line, no, step, stepping. Step, stepping, yeah. yeah. Line dancing, no. No, yeah, stepping, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. I remember the first time I saw step dancing, and it was in the it was in the um, in Florida State in mm-hmm. like uh, it's not the quad, but where like mm-hmm. all the in the student union. Yeah, and I walked by and I was like, and by the way, this is gonna sound really silly, but I was always I thought a really good dancer. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, I remember saying to my fraternity brothers, we should learn how to do that and compete in one of those. And they're like, you're out of your fucking <laughs> right, mind, right, right? Dude, step dance is one of the baddest fucking right. things I've ever seen. Well, and I'm now that I'm old and I look back on it, it's almost like uh, what do they call it? like a flash mob or something? Because yeah. we literally used to like let people know, yo, meet us at the Rock, the big quad spot, you know, on University of Miami. Yeah, 12 p.m. In between this class and that class, yeah, we're doing a 10-minute step show. And that shit would be packed. Yeah. You know, and any random day, it'd be a different fraternity or sorority out there. So it kept the, the college culture, and it made people who weren't Greek, you know, want to be Greek. So, you know, it's almost like you're advertising yourself, but it's just part of the culture. You got to do, you got to step. You got to battle each other. Battle dancing, you know what I mean? So I hosted a gazillion step shows. Really? Do you do colleges now? I don't really do a lot of colleges. I don't do any colleges. Yeah, I ain't really got nothing to say to them. I mean, I like young cats, but trying to do comedy for them, I find myself thinking way too hard, which makes it uncomfortable for me. You know what I mean? You know, I don't want to watch what I got to say, and I want to make, I want, you know, I want you to be able to relate to me and not be able to be. Yeah, when I used to walk the yard, what, 20 fucking years ago? (laughs) You know, I ain't got time for that shit. It's like you said about young people say, oh, shit. Are you sure your dad's here? <laughs> <laughs> That's your daddy right there. You got your cool water cologne, your your green bottle polo cologne. <laughs> cool water cologne. <laughs> I saw I saw a Dracar Noir. Yeah, Drew. what? I uh, dude, I love this. I, I still used to love, love Dracar. Obsession. Obsession. Back when I didn't know George Michael was gay. I was, yeah, <laughs> I, we thought he was it. straight. I thought he was just a cool ass white boy that just yeah. had a nice haircut. Man, turned out he was gay. Here I am. Goddamn, had <laughs> singing "Careless Whisper" all the goddamn time. Not knowing I'm <laughs> Did you? Do you know? Do you know a <laughs> woman named Monica Barquette? I gotta introduce you to her. She's a big agent in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and she was a cheerleader for Miami when you were playing there. Oh shit! She okay. is one of my. She grew up in Tampa. One of my favorite human beings. Okay. And you, I have to introduce you to. Her. I have to. I'm gonna do a group text. Because you guys would get along. Now, you said, uh, I heard you say The Rock was just a regular, quiet dude. You know what? I think a lot of us, because the word regular now makes me say, well, he wasn't regular. Yeah. You know, he stood out. He was Dwayne Johnson. He stood out. He looked like a big Samoan kid or whatever he's mixed with. I think it's, I'm pretty sure Samoan. Black and Samoan. Black and Samoan. And um, But we knew his family's history, which kind of made him like, a celebrity because so many people in the South love wrestling. You know what oh, I mean? Dude. Everybody loved Jimmy Superfast Snooker or Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Dusty all those Rhodes. Guys, all those cats, man. Holly Race. How far you go back? Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Dude, I, got, I, I gave a high Anderson five to Chief brothers. Wahoo McDaniels at the, <laughs> at the Armory in Tampa. <laughs> really? He, oh, dude. We went and saw I, so first wrestling match I ever saw. Chief Wahoo McDaniels was there and I mm-hmm. came out and I high-fived him and he, his yeah. hands were like catcher's mitts. Wow. I, I was like, it. oh my God. Man, those dudes back. They was 
gods back then, man. We thought all that shit was real. Yeah. We really grew up just like, I saw you watched in Atlanta. You watched TBS all damn day. So you either watching like video, you were watching wrestling all day Saturday. You do Saturday morning cartoons. Then there was so much wrestling that would come on because they went to Tennessee uh, with Jerry Lawler and them. They went down to Texas with Devon Eriks. To Kerry Von Eric. <laughs> yeah, Dude, Devon Eric. Devon Eriks, Kerry Von Eric had the claw. He just <laughs> yeah, got, man. Dude, we watched the same TV. Yeah, man. We got That's, the Cubs in the afternoons uh-huh. and the Braves at night. That's what we did. Dale Murphy. Dale freaking Murphy, Bob Horner. Dude, yeah. it was like... I feel like there's so many things that we all experienced <laughs> right? at the same time right? that that now as things have gotten so global right. that you go, oh, do you remember when you were a kid when, like I said to someone the other day in Tampa, do you remember when they added Channel 32? And he was like, dude, <laughs> right. they had Channel 28 and then 32 would do Foxy Boxing at like 2 a.m. Right. And it was just hot chicks on like the Ron and Ron show right. just beating the shit out of each other. Did you ever watch uh, Benny Hill? Oh, of course. So yeah, man, we watched the same TV. Yeah. After after wrestling, and then they might cut away to Braves baseball. They might come back to wrestling. Then it was night tracks. You watching videos on TBS called night tracks in the middle of the night. And then you watching, uh, I don't know, anything Ted Turner wanted on TV in Atlanta. That shit was on TV. Because he owned TBS, CNN, TNT, TNN. And a ton of Buffaloes. Yeah. And sold all that shit. I can't believe he sold all that shit. He regrets it to this day. Has to. I just watched the interview Norm Macdonald did with Jane Fonda. Because uh-huh. I remember when Jane Fonda was doing the Jane Fonda workout was married to Ted Turner. Uh-huh. And just, and I don't know, in a weird way, that's back when we thought people were ours, you know, like mm-hmm. Ted Turner was ours. Because mm-hmm. it was like the South had like the same programming. So it was, I don't know, you always felt like there were people that, like I still feel that way with Ron Bennington. Who's that? Ron Bennington's out of uh, New York. He has the Ron Bennington show now. He had Ron and Fez on SiriusXM. He's got a show on SiriusXM. But when I was a kid, he had Ron and Ron. That was like the hot rock show in the morning. And I grew up quoting him. Like grew up. And now I'm, I wouldn't say I'm his peer, but I've I've been on his show a bunch. Okay. And like he used to do this thing when you'd hang out the phone, he goes, see ya. And mm-hmm. me and my friends to this day go, see you, see you, see you, see you, see you. <laughs> right. But just a really fucking amazing, amazing guy. So right. so talk to me about, uh, what what time is it? I got to make sure I get you out of here on time. Okay. I have an eye appointment at four. Okay. Cool. But it's literally next door, so we can run up. What time do you have to get out? I don't even know what time it is. It's three o'clock. Oh. Let's go 3.09. To, yeah, let's go to 3.30. Okay. 3.30. Oh, perfect. So right. tell me about the experience at SNL. Because that's something that not like you've had life experiences right. that no one gets. I think the University of Miami had to be the best time of my life. Really, and that's including SNL. Because now that I'm 40 and I look back on it, I said, "Damn, SNL!" Like there was a there was a maybe because my grades were so bad because I wasn't focused and all I did was party because of the frat shit and then go to football practice. I very rarely went to class and it was really to just take a test that I had no idea what was on it. But because they were multiple choice, you just try to, Yeah. so I was just winging it before I became a real student. But then when I got SNL, it was literally, I moved from Atlanta to LA. My girlfriend at the time so was working. So hold on, back up two steps then. Uh-huh. So you go to Miami, mm-hmm. play football, stay, start comedy in Miami. Yep, I started doing financial services. So I was the I was in a company called Primerica, selling life insurance and mutual funds. And then I went to Humana, 
and I was selling Medicare insurance to old people, you know, just yeah. signing them up for their HMO when they turn 65. Dope business, great pay, flex, you drive all around the people's houses. Sometimes you're in a mansion, sometimes you're in a high rise, sometimes you are in the hood. Sometimes you go into a house, and way back then, I would go into a house and it would just be newspapers stacked everywhere. Like you had to, and just junk and trash, and you had to find these people. And then you see these old Jewish white ladies in the kitchen offering you an old ass cookie from whenever. And the only thing you could think is, where are your kids? Like, dude, like, you know what I mean? But yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the kids in New York would take their parents to Florida, take their ass right back to New York and say, you in a a home so I, I would make so many friends and that shit helped my comedy bro because I would meet so many different people that their stories was like oh I gotta say that on stage one day yeah. so I started making that transition with other people's stories but that was it then one day I just did an open mic night at the Miami Improv and got hooked like damn near standing ovation what's here this year 90 95 this was, this was like 96 I wanna say 95 yeah. 96 and and the, the host was like, you pretty good, man. That was a nice joke. It was basically a joke contest. Yeah. That, but I told a little story. Damn, man, that was good. Come come back next week. I'm like, for real? He was like, come back. So all that Def Jam I used to watch, I'm thinking, maybe this is it. This yeah. is just that shot. Came back, invited friends. I didn't know you weren't supposed to do the same act that you did i just thought you'd get up there and magic happened yeah what well, i got three minutes that's easy yeah you just get up there and start talking the worst sound in comedy doing a show is not getting booed it is <laughs> silence silence that's si when nobody care enough to even talk about you or boo you dude and they just leave your ass up there and this is the second worst sound in comedy usually made by a black woman this is the second worst sound when you hear that, yeah. that's like, not only are you wasting our time, go kill yourself. Yeah. I don't know. We used to always say this, and, it, and it, I know it made it out here to L.A., but it was this urban thing in, in, in urban comedy, black comedy. People be in the back of the room, and you hear, go kill yourself. Go kill yourself. Go kill yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> people be in the back when you bombing, go kill yourself. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I bombed um, in that club a lot. Man, Miami was a tough room. You get bombed with different cultures, the Haitians. I think you should go kill yourself. They yeah. say it as a question. Uh, Dominicans. <laughs> Dominicans in the front row yeah. one night. Hi, right, Poppy. Yo, kill yourself, man. Yeah. Hey, Mia. <laughs> like, Dude, yeah. that fucking club was tough. It was, a, it was a tough club. So how long were you in Miami doing stand-up before you moved to New York? Uh, I moved to Atlanta first. Or moved I to Atlanta. I probably did comedy a good three years. Like I really got funny really, really quick. So when that was around 99, I moved to Atlanta. Okay. But I couldn't get into up earthquake, you know, earthquake. He had the Uptown Comedy Club. I performed there one night. And then uh and then there was the punchline. Mm -hmm. So it was like black club, white club. Uptown black Comedy Club is right on the corner of Buck up up in yep. Buckhead in that second By, floor. Yep, that's exactly where it is. I went and did stand up there in 97. Yeah. Uh, did he opened up a restaurant, Justin's, right across the street? Yeah. That shit that block was popping i walked in with my girlfriend and we at the time i was i saw i was an open mic now i think on monday nights mm -hmm. and i signed up for the list mm -hmm. and i then sat like a big mistake i mm -hmm. sat in the audience to watch the show and, and everyone made you, fun of the white guy yep, they killed oh you. what's your name and i said bert and as soon as i said that bert, the place yep, went nuts yep. oh birdie bert oh birdie bert <laughs> so we go through the whole fucking show and i'm like there's like 10 comics going on i'm number eight right and the host goes up and he goes all right the next comic 
no. <laughs> he goes, you're never going to believe this. Guess who the next comic is? And everyone's like, who? And he goes, Bertie Bert. And the place, <laughs> place went, went fucking nuts. nuts. I believe it. That's and, a dope story. And the first joke I had was, my name is Bert. I know you're thinking hot, sexy name. I don't talk during sex. Bert's the last name you want to hear during sex. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Bert. And the place went nuts. I think that's the only joke I said. And I was like, thank you. Good night. Oh, dope, man. That's oh, yeah. a dope story. That's, 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 a, that's a killer. Because... How great is that? That's pre- that was pretty much like my first time up, but that's way better. And anyway, after that, man, Comic View. I don't know if you remember BET of Comic View. Do, that yeah. came through Atlanta. Ricky Smiley was the host, nineteen ninety nine, and I was an alternate. I wasn't even because I had just nobody knew me from Miami. They knew me, but they was kind of hating, yeah. so I wasn't like already cast. And I had to wait for somebody to fall out, and sure enough, somebody didn't wasn't able to go on. And they said, Finesse, you you going on tonight. And that changed my whole career. That was my first TV appearance. It's pretty much like my special. It's conversational. Yeah. And it, and it flows right into the next. It's not a lot of breaks and all of a sudden, so let's talk about Donald Trump. No, everything is just a smooth type of conversation. And that's how I did my comic view. That shit took off, man. Next thing I know, my girl out here was working for Jamie Masada at the Laugh Factory. And she was like, they getting deals out here, Finesse. I was like, what do you mean? Like, these comedians are getting holding deals. I said, what's a holding deal? Like, these networks are giving like 60,000 or 80,000 not to like do nothing. They try to develop a show. It's like getting a record deal. I was like, word? She was like, I'm bringing you out here. She paid for my car to get shipped out there. She, I came out there. As soon as we got there, we was living in the hood, like jungle adjacent, down off of Crenshaw. And uh, rent was $630 a month. The only difference is eight homicides. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that was a true story, man. I'm, I'm sitting there. We broke up, but we, neither one of us could afford to move out. So we was roommates, which was horrible. And that's, that was the whole, I got to, when she started dating and I knew she was dating, I was I got to get out of here. Yeah. So I went and stayed on my buddy's couch and I did that till I got SNL. And that was like two and a half years later. And we all say that should have been a show because I literally lived on a couch like this. As soon as you walk in, it's couch, yeah. and you see me with a blanket in the TV room. And that was like two and a half years, man. And then I got SNL, and that was it. I remember I remember when you got SNL, I was in New York. I was at, um, who was your manager at the time? Dave Raff. Did you ever work with Rick Dorfman? Yeah, that's my manager now. Okay, so mm-hmm. I was in Rick Dorfman's office. Okay. And I was j- this must have been 2001. Uh-huh. When did you get SNL? 2003. 03. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 03. Mm-hmm. Might have been right before that. It might have been right before you got it. Uh-huh. I went to Rick Dorfman's office and there was a picture of you. Mm-hmm. Or no, maybe it wasn't Rick Dorfman. Maybe it was a, it was a casting director, but there was a picture of you on the wall. Oh, no. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> like, just gorgeous. Like, and I was like, who the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, that's Finesse Mitchell. He's out in LA. But he comes out, he's uh, booking. And like they, I remember them going through your resume. I was like, motherfucker. Right. I was like, I'll never have a picture that looks that good. <laughs> I was like, cool. And then I just left. I was like, all right, I'm done here. Right, right, man. Shit. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, bro. It's an exciting time, man. It's an exciting time. We got so much history in this game and now when I think back and I'm like dang finesse pretend like you're 23 get excited about your special go promote that shit cause you talking about fraternity stuff my I'm, I said I gotta go do the breakfast club in the Wendy Williams show but it's I just found out that's why I was on the phone coming to the crib 
I just found out it's the same week and I'm supposed to be going to Miami to go hang out with my frat. Yeah. Like it's our homecoming. We still do that shit and I got the, the room ready and all that stuff. And she's like, no, I need you that Thursday and Friday. And I'm like, well, half the day on Friday because I'm getting my ass to Miami. Yeah. But the old me would have been like, I ain't going to New York, man. I done bought my flight. I'm I'm about to da 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 da. I mean, yeah. people will see it. They'll talk about it, I guess. But now I'm like, I'm trying to be Kevin Hart, man. Esque, you know what I mean? Esk, Meaning like, yeah. let me put the work in and not slack on the work. You know what yeah. I mean? The, the, the special is the talent. The work is doing what these young cats doing and on his social media game and promoting yourself every day and promoting what you're doing and talking just about it. Just fucking shooting silly shit. Yeah, man, they ain't no different from us. They just doing it, you yeah. know what I mean? And I'm not the best at that. That's why I think a lot of things, like I'm a quiet, it's, I'm not quiet, but it's like, oh yeah, finesse. But it's not from, oh yeah, he funny as hell. He killing it on Instagram. It ain't that. I post my kids all damn day. Doesn't so matter. I just got to make that transition. I'm, I'm, I'm a little obsessed having, with Instagram. Yeah. I'm a little, Me too. I'm obsessed with watching it. But like you, no, man, y'all be going in. I'd go hard on Instagram. Yeah. I, today I shot a video on this treadmill of me <laughs> sprinting and then shouting out tour dates and then challenging Rogan and Ari and Tom. And See, then, that's dope. But, I, but I, 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 you know, I use it like those old professional wrestlers uh-huh. where I just do these old shout out videos like Dusty Rhodes. Dusty right. Rhodes was such an inspiration when he goes, I'm a son of a plumber. What was it? I'm yeah. a son of a plumber. Right. I'm a hardworking man. Hardworking. <laughs> and, but I love that. Uh, I love that call the out. American dream yeah mm-hmm. i love that call out but i also think like i do, i fuck around with my kids non-stop mm-hmm. on instagram mm-hmm. and i feel like it's just an extension of what it's i i feel like it should be in the moment about what you're doing and what what you're living and if it's too pre-produced i'm like i'm not gonna yeah. be one of those guys that writes right. sketches for instagram ever right. i don't think i can but like i well. would love to use instagram stories mm-hmm. yeah something yeah i would i just started all that shit bro dude can I tell you, just please post Instagram stories when mm-hmm. you're in Miami doing your homecoming. Absolutely. Because I'll, I'm telling you right now, Absolutely. every single person here, mm-hmm. will, I'll retweet one. I'll retweet okay. a couple in my stories. Okay. Okay. That's Absolutely. not, that's this weekend or next weekend? No, nah, that's like the first week of November. First, oh, I'll be drinking yeah. then. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Post, I'm going to follow you right now. What's okay. your Instagram? At Finesse Mitchell. Let me find you. What a too. great name, Finesse. What's your brother's name? William. <laughs> he, got, he got fucked Billy oh fuck alright Instagram F-I-N E-S-S-E just like the shampoo E-S-S-E is it just your name or is it the yeah. no it's just Bert B-E-R-T K-R E-I-S C-H-E-R I love the way they have suggestions for who do you think right. they suggest when I type in your name? Number one. Finesse Mitchell. Uh, Not is, it a, is, it a, is it a comedian? Yep. My age? This is interesting. This is Bill, really Bill Bellamy, no. D-Ray Davis. You'll never guess it. Okay, you're getting Jay close. Fair or Buster. No, no, D-ray no. Davis, this is who, uh, you got, these uh-huh. are the names they've got. They've got Tony Rock. They got him. Uh, Jay Farrell. I know every single one of these. I'm starting to get into names I don't know. I know her. I know him. I know him. I don't know him. Who are you naming? I'm looking at that. Name the people you know. You named a bunch of them. The number one suggestion is uh, is Lil Rel. 
Ah, Lorel. Right. Okay. Michael K. Williams. Okay. Michael K. Williams is it? Who's he was in the he was in the the mm-hmm. not the Tower. What's the movie about Baltimore? The Wire. The Wire. He's in the Wire. I okay. think. Michael K. Williams, Tony Rock, Joe Torre, Jamie Fox. Joe Torre, by the way, ran into Joe Torre, one of the sweetest guys in the world. Absolutely. Um, Joanne Guy Torre. Yeah, Joanne. Where do the suggestions come? Oh, you don't get them. Are you following me? I just. Yeah, I'm already following you. Oh yeah, they come when you just when you follow someone. Serena Williams, Diddy, Cedric, Charlemagne, Jada Pinkett, Leon. I don't know Leon. MC Light, Eddie (laughs) Griffin, Sinbad. Christopher Christian Keys Common Hassan flew on a plane next to Common and yeah. he fell asleep before we took off on the tarmac that's what I do bro and slept the whole I used to have a joke about I go you want to hear a brand new stereotype about black people it's not even out yet what's that black people can fall asleep anywhere, anywhere. any fucking fuck it, dude why is it anywhere. that when I say it it's racist but it's right. fucking true black right. people have the ability to be so relaxed they can fall asleep fucking anywhere yeah I cannot dude on a plane black people are asleep like it's a Stephen King novel like they're all asleep <laughs> You're like, oh shit, do they know something we don't know? I was on that flight, the worst turbulence out of Chicago. I ate a Xanax and I drank six beers. We land, Common wakes up on the tarmac in LA and goes, have we taken off yet? I'm like, bitch, I've already written my fucking eulogy. Right, right. You know you know what they tell us? It's just an unwritten rule. Go to sleep. Because if you die, like you, if that bitch come down, yeah. you know what I mean? You got A, you got some good sleep. And it's just like, yo, whatever your nerves or anxiety is, just go to sleep. You What's know what I mean? the best thing about being black? I don't know. Like in like in childhood, like what's one? Okay, so we'll go. Let's go through some ages because I, I I always think like uh, like I think I think the best thing about being black is that on a self pride thing, I don't think is nothing doper, bro. Yeah. Just on a cultural thing, when it comes to like. Uh, just what who we are and what we've invented, and what and and what we've accomplished under just like the most I don't know the most unthinkable goddamn torture and 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 oppression yeah. that you can ever imagine. You know what I mean? And you. St- and it's not even a sports thing, cause yeah, we I, I genetic I think we were genetically bred where people are like, yo, these motherfuckers run a four three four reason. Let's go to ancestry.com and see who they fucking bred him with, because I, that shit was true. I remember when Jimmy the Greek got in trouble for saying that on sports, he was like, you know, they used to take the big athletes, the big black slaves, and breed them with the athletic looking black women. He said that, and they fired his ass. But black people was like, that's true. You know what I mean? Um, that's a white guilt thing, I think. Yeah, it, it is. It and, is. And then man. that's it's the like, weird thing about being white is there is this. You got there's that this white, automatic guilt that you. The feel. white man has to watch what he says every damn day, yeah. and it's but that's true. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? There's, it, not, it, there's not. There's nothing wrong with being white and just being a little more attentive mm-hmm. to what you say and how you because right. there's and I always say that about political correctness I don't have a problem with political correctness right because we we both grew up in the south and mm-hmm. we knew I mean we I grew up in a time when the n-word was associated with certain other words mm-hmm. to say a verb mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so to, to to or to talk about a, of something like you did like mm-hmm. the joke we used to I used to say uh was uh I'm this black guy was in my elevator one time he's like uh 
some kids in the neighborhood was getting a little ding dong and ditch. This was recent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's that? Ding like, dong and what? Ding dong and ditch. Uh-huh. I said, what's that? And he's like, oh, when you go to knock on motherfucker's door and bail out, uh-huh. motherfucker, you all laugh. I was like, oh, we called it. We did that. And he's like, what did you call it? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> and so like, but so white guilt is, there's a place for it. And it's right. it's not bad to be a little attentive to mm-hmm. what you're saying and how you're being received. Right. And, and it, simply how you're interacting. I think you should treat everyone as equals, but pay mm-hmm. attention to what the fuck you're doing. Right. But there is something very cool especially I'll say especially right now what's going on in in our country mm-hmm. is like when Black Panther came out that ownership right. that black people got to have I remember right. getting in the car you want to hear the dumbest thing I've said was in it? 10 years okay I got in the car and I said to my wife and daughters I said that was fucking awesome we watched Black Panther I go uh-huh. that was fucking awesome I wish they did one of those for like white people Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, you mean right. Superman? You mean all of them? Yeah, she was every single one. And I went, <laughs> right. yeah, I know, but we didn't get to own it. The way that like, I got excited for black people in the movie. For young black kids, I'd see them and go, right. you got to own something. You right. got to be a part of something big. I go, I never get to be a part of anything. She goes, the world We're, was created for you. Right. You're a part of everything. Right. You get everything. And I was like, oh yeah, I never even thought about that. That is the thing that I guess people who are what we call woke, just try yeah. to remind people of every day. It's not that we bitching and we complaining or that we just think life is unfair. We like, yo, y'all control everything. You don't come from a point of view of where you're growing up and maybe you stood out because your clothes look poor, but you wasn't the black kid. You know what I mean? So... And it's like the white kid, I like me talking to uh, this cat, Theo Vaughn, who's very funny, him yeah. growing up in all black school and getting his ass kicked every day, but yeah. he couldn't transfer. It was the only goddamn school. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like nobody, until it's reversed, nobody can appreciate it or even understand it, or even empathize. We get into a place in the country now where people don't even want to empathize because the leader of the country is saying, fuck empathy. He's like, fuck that. I won. Look at yeah. that lady right in here, her face in 21 and 20 on 60 minutes was like, I won. Yeah. Like say what you said. Yeah. I, maybe I said that, but no, I didn't. It, fuck it. I won. Yeah. And we're like, I mean, just be the, just be the president of everybody. Black people come from a point of view of, we get it. Y'all got it. Give us 20 instead of, instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, y'all still got a thousand. So just give us mm-hmm. 20. Yeah. And then you got, and then women are feeling the same way. It's not a black movement; it's a woman's movement. What's going on right now in politics, in film, you know, all these showrunners are women now, and now they're all getting, they're all directing. Yeah. And that's due sometimes where we look at them and then kind of look at their backside and look at their front side. Now we realize, oh shit, let me stop doing that. Yeah. Because that's what they're talking about. Because we, they see us doing that. Because it got to the point where we wasn't even waiting until they turned around. We'd yeah. just be like, hey, nice hey, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. You smell great. Da, da, da. Everything is sexual and everything is like over the top compliment, you know, a compliment where it's uncomfortable. And then you got to rein it back in. Yeah. Especially if they're not going down that road. Yeah, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, that, I think that's the movement nowadays and where, and where some white people who are getting their feathers bunched because... You know, a lot of black people like, fuck it, fuck whitey, fuck y'all, fuck yeah. what y'all think. But it's, it's some white people that's just like, I just don't even get what they're complaining about. Well, and, and, yeah. and there's your wife that's saying uh, that all the movies they saw as a kid was, you know. I can't imagine that. You know what I mean? I can't imagine. I can't imagine a world where as a young kid, 
every movie I saw, mm-hmm. the hero was white. I yeah, can't imagine that. And or or the in my and, perspective would be the hero was black. Like right. I'm saying from your perspective, like I can't imagine if every romantic comedy I saw it was just white people doing it. Or when it was like, "Oh, let's go see the black movie, man. Which one is it?" Superfly. You yeah. like. Oh. So now the kids are watching the pimp. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we don't have any other choices. So then when the Sydney Portiers and then the Harry Belafonte's came down, and then the Richard Pryor's came through with comedy and all this stuff and Eddie Murphy. It's great that you're like, oh, we are funny. Like Red Fox is just talking about a damn junkyard and this shit is funny as hell. Like yeah. we will flock to these shows where it's just like, all right, we sick of watching white shows. We about to watch Good Times. What, then the projects? <sighs> Again, yeah. all right, but we'll watch it. That's why when Will Smith was like, all right, I'm the poor kid, but now I'm the rich kid because by association, we all want to be the rich kid. So we're like, oh, shit. And then we were like, yeah, we hate Carlton. You know what I mean? Because he's he's clueless. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a, so when a legit superhero movie like Black Panther come out and the director is black and it's it's done well and you can follow the story and it wasn't like an SNL sketch where it ain't had no ending, like everything made sense. You're like, that was good. That was good. And everybody went to see it like it was a Tyler Perry movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the entire country was like, and white people went because they're like, I'm going to see. You know what I mean? Oh, some people some people was like, I'm a fucking fan. Fuck Black Panther. Dude. And no, the people fuck. who weren't that, I'll they were own just it. like, I'll own yeah. it. I went in, I went in with, I would say comic goggles on going mm-hmm. like, how, what's the joke? What's my perception of how I'm going to see things? Right. Like, am I, am I'm looking around? My daughter had seen it. My two youngest daughter, my daughter, both my daughters had seen it. Mm-hmm. already when we all went to go see it as a family mm-hmm. and i said to my daughter when we were going there i said uh were there a lot of black people in the movie theater she mm-hmm. goes i don't know i go wait hold on what do you mean you don't know because mm-hmm. i remember and you remember when mm-hmm. malcolm x came out mm-hmm. when malcolm x came out we went out to the movie theater mm-hmm. and there were black people in the movie theater at the front going nope <laughs> and we turned around and left <laughs> and we were like i guess we're not allowed to see that and they're like nope get nope this isn't for you funny. And and uh, and I and she, I go were there a lot of black people in the movie there? And she goes I don't know. I go what do you mean you don't know? Mm-hmm. She goes I don't know. I wasn't looking for black people, Dad. And I go right. no, it's it's Black Panther. I mean, was it like was it mm-hmm. all black? She goes I have no idea, Dad. I just went and saw a movie. And mm-hmm. my I, in my head I went I guess that's true progress, right? Because I went in going right. like looking. And I was like oh it's just everybody, bro. It's just kids, everybody. Our kids are so not on the same page as you know anybody that's. 35 and up they aren't like and then they say things where there is no racial mm-hmm. like the other day uh someone said the word faggot mm-hmm. and i laughed mm-hmm. and my daughter was like yo right and i went what i go i'm sorry baby i go listen that was mm-hmm. a word we said a lot growing up and right. i haven't heard it in a while right. it just caught me off guard right and I go, it's like a fine wine i haven't heard it in a while right. and it just made me giggle right and i said you no one says faggot in mm-hmm. your high school and she goes well the Mexican kids and I went <laughs> and like there was no racial right. she was like yeah the Mexican kids definitely say it what's, and this, yeah. what's tough for me is everybody in between the ages of 14 because there are two types of kids now but from 14 to I say like 24 mm-hmm. that 10 year gap everybody say nigga bro dude and if you just say if you just say but the, here's the thing they do say it right 
Like we do say put that A on that word yeah. because it is a term of endearment. And you just see young kids. I don't see a lot of white kids doing it a lot, but I know they do. We kids all are, know that they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, they definitely do. Kids so, at our, my daughter's school right. say the N word and it, it bothers me. Right. It bothers me because I grew up in the South. Right. And I just, it that word, even when you said it today. It I know, I watched guard. your face. I, I and like, I said it on purpose because I watched some of your podcasts. And I know sometimes you go there, you teeter. Yeah. And I'm like, let me get the word out the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, we're the same, yeah. coming from the same plane. Dude, here's you know my I mean? thing with the N word. In, it is my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't say the word. Mm -hmm. I have said it. Mm -hmm. I, obviously, I sing it. Mm -hmm. Still to this day, I still sing it. Mm -hmm. If it's in the song and I'm in my car by myself, I'm mm -hmm. going to sing along. I'm right. just, just how it works. Right. I know that's probably a hate crime, but I can't help it. <laughs> right. I, when we got introduced to NWA, we right. didn't, we didn't, we were, it was a bunch of white kids in a fucking Jetta. Right. And we were like, wait, what's the name of this band? No right. one was like, well, right. let's see, how do I put this properly? They just said it. And I'll say I have one story where the punchline's the yeah, word, mm -hmm. right? I can't tell it. I don't. And I, don't, I think I did that once in my special. You're not gonna hear me in my special yeah. acting like I'm not. I know I'm not talking to just black people. I know yeah. I'm talking to everybody, so yeah. I don't say it. But I will say it as a punchline. Yeah. Like one, bam, and it, and it's a, it's a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just not saying the white people do this and niggas we do this. Yeah, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm out of there. I'm not. I have that. one joke where it's the punchline. I don't really. T I've told the joke before. I've said mm -hmm. it. It just. I said it to, I was talking to Tommy about it in order to make that joke great because the joke's not great right now. Mm -hmm. It's a great story, mm -hmm. but it's not a great, it's a great story because I, mm -hmm. I can't tell it enough and I'm not comfortable saying that word mm -hmm. 150 times on stage to get it to be where it needs to be. Right. Um, but from my experience, that word, especially with white people, is addictive. Right. If you get comfortable saying it, your tongue gets used to saying it. Right. And it slides out when you don't expect it. Right. And so I just, that's I keep the word out even, of my mouth. Yeah, that's why you don't even do it. Um, Be like that with the word bitch. Like you, you will always say, "Oh man, it was a bunch of dudes and a bunch of bitches." Like yeah. you and 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 women who are like, "What?" I don't say that. You know. So, yeah. but, but it's like, man, trust me. That's that's why every record, every you know, it's like black in the culture. People say it, and so now it's like I'm very conscious of it. And the kids who say it, I hear them say it and look and be like, "Oh, you know." no matter what the race is or whatever Dude. and it just is what it is but as a as a race we thought we were getting rid of it and it got it got overturned it got outvoted because it yes. was like too many people's like there's no way well it is in our dna there is no way we're gonna stop saying that word the way we say it yeah you know what i mean so yeah i think that would be an interesting bylaw if they're like you can say it the way we say it gotta get rid of the er but i think Look, I, I just, ain't nobody gonna feel comfortable. No somebody one. just casually being like, "I'll never be comfortable yeah, in a nobody. mall dropping an end bomb." Right. Nobody, nobody. Ne that will never happen in my lifetime. Right. Will I ever allow my children in a mall? Right. Oh my god, like that. <laughs> that just fucking makes me. But the the same with the word. Like I said, the word faggot mm -hmm. I, and. I don't I don't say that word anymore, but mm -hmm. you know I'm not going to go the f word and then have you be confused, right? What I'm talking about, right? But right. in this com in the conversation like this, right? I would never call someone that. I don't say that in right. my vernacular. Same with the R word, but retard. like, but like Jamie Jamie Masada, who owned a Laugh Factory, he old school. Like when he see you and he get mad, he go, "Oh, this guy's a faggot." This yeah. guy, da da da. He say it so quick, yeah. And you can see his waitresses and some Jamie. And he's like, what? Ah, oh, he knows I know. He knows I love him. He knows I love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But that's just him. Why would I tell somebody, you know, 60 and up 
Yeah, you really gotta. You know, you can keep reminding them, but they. It's just like saying their own name, man. They're not gonna yeah. change, you know. I think that's what I love about your special. I can't mm-hmm. wait. I was gonna. I started watching the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and then I thought my wife. I think because my wife grew up in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Her fa- when I first met her, she goes, "There's two things you need to like. Mm-hmm. One is the uh, Kings of Comedy," and mm-hmm. I was like, "Wait, hold on." In my head, I was like, I didn't even know she was a comedy fan. Right. She was like, you got to like the Kings of Comedy. Bernie Mac's my favorite. Now, mm-hmm. by the way, I was turned on to Bernie Mac's mm-hmm. Def Jam set. Ah. It's one of the best sets in comedy ever done. Right. It's, especially if you know the backstory for it. Right. It's such a great set. Right. So I was like, wait, how do you know Bernie Mac? She goes, I love the Kings of Comedy. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know. I just like, uh, black guys always make me laugh more. When I first moved to New York, all my fa- all the guys I hung out with, Tony Woods, Mike mm-hmm. Epps, Donnell Rollins, like mm-hmm. everyone was all black. And all the white comics were sober. sober mm-hmm. Greer Barnes, everyone partied. Right. So you could go and have drinks at the Bag It In mm-hmm. with all the black comics. You couldn't do that with the white comics. Right. Jim Norton, Bobby Kelly, they were, everyone was sober. Right. So uh, Jim Norton was sober. Oh yeah, he's been sober for like thirty years. Bobby oh, Kelly's okay. been sober for thirty years. Okay. They're all Damn. sober. Yeah. Okay. And so, but I used to party. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was like, so we watched Def Jam and then the or uh, King's Comedy and then mm-hmm. the other thing she said, you got to watch uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. I was like, <laughs> I was like, really. <laughs> Dude, I remember that first day laughing my dick off watching America's Funniest Home Videos. Uh-huh. Going like, shit, maybe you got the same sense of humor. But I, as I was watching your special, I went, I'm going to put this on pause because I got the link from Showtime. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm going to play it for me and my wife. I'm going to let her watch him because I guarantee you she's going to fall in love with this guy. Okay. And so we're, tonight we're going to watch the rest of it. Okay. Dope, and uh, before it airs on Friday, we're going to do a special. We're going to drop this podcast today so okay. that it airs tomorrow so that everyone gets to know about your special. Okay. And, and, and I know that I had a Showtime special. I know what specials do well on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Yours is gonna fucking murder. You think so? I know so, and I can. I mean, I can be real. I'm so about worried, it. bro. No, 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 no. First of all, uh, black guys do better on Showtime than white guys. Mm-hmm. But what really does well on Showtime is what you're doing. You're a lot like, and I know you're not gonna accept this compliment. The we're here at the way I want it. Mm-hmm. You're a lot like Sebastian. Who's oh. Sebastian Maniscalco? Okay, no, like I you're take not, that all day. Yeah, it's he's he, mm-hmm. you're so talented and you're so doing your own thing mm-hmm. that like it's gonna. I think it's gonna blow the fucking roof off. No, I'm not even man. joking. Uh, white guys get lost on Showtime a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think so. Like mm-hmm. just like white white guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I did my Showtime special, it just didn't rate. But I looked at all the ones they gave me the list of who rated, mm-hmm. and it was. Every black dude was way above me, like huge numbers. And it mm-hmm. just pops on Showtime. Okay. And and you have a history with Showtime with Cameron Crowe. Right. Uh, roadies. Roadies. Yeah. And so I think I think you're gonna fucking really you're gonna feel I just the did bump. this grunk Gronkowski unsportsmanlike comedy and it aired on Showtime. Yeah. And I was like one of five comics. But I said, you know what? Let me go and give Showtime some old jokes and let me help out my friend Rob. And um but when I come to them and say, hey, I'm about to shoot a special, and I did roadies, because I already knew Netflix was turning everybody down. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, let me just say Showtime. I want to be in business with you, you know? And just rebrand and rethink, rethink, get out of my head, and just go out there and be funny and get ready for the next one. And so just the fact that you're saying that, because I'm like, dang, man, should I go to Miami and not go to New York to promote? But I'm gonna still put the work in to promote. Yeah, because I want everybody to know about it. You doing I, a Sirius XM tour? 
Yeah, I'm going over there. Yeah, yeah. Sirius XM tour. Yeah, but yeah. you get you get to do Sway. Is Sway. The best. Sway is the, the best, best one bro. on Sirius XM. You got me on there. No offense to all my friends. Yeah. No offense to all my friends. Jim, Sam, Jay, <laughs> Nikki, Ron, everyone. I love all you guys. But no. man, Sway, Sway show. Sway show is a monster. Sway bro. show. Sway was such a dick to me for so long. Uh-huh. And by the way, I love Sway's interviews. Uh-huh. I love Sway. I've known mm-hmm. Sway. I've known of Sway since MTV. Mm-hmm. And then when he went over there, and every time I'd see him in the hallway, I'd be like, "What's up, Sway?" And he'd go, "Uh huh." And keep just walk right past me. Uh-huh. First time, last time I was in, I guess he had seen something of what I'd done. Uh-huh. And I was in the hallway and I was like, uh, what's up? He was like, hey, man, how you doing? It was cool. Right. I was like, nice. I go, I love that Eminem interview you did. And he was like, oh, thanks. Right. And I, and I kind of bullshitted with him a little bit. I said, best interview you did, though. And it really is the best interview he's done in a long time mm-hmm. was him and Tony Rock. Okay. Because Tony, I love Tony. I'm about to watch that shit. Tony's, by the way, Tony is he about, really on he his about, game. Tony Rock about to pop. Donnell Rollins about to Dude, pop. right? He's a monster right now, bro. When he put out whatever he about to put out, and who's who's on the cuffs? But I know Tony and Tony, Donnell is I right there. I had to follow Tony the other night at the store. Mm-hmm. I don't know what joke he was saying. All I know was it sounded like this from the in the green room. Ha 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 ha. And it was in pacing. It was in threes. Right. And I said, I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. Right. But that was fucking murderous. Right. He was like, ah, oh, it's just some shit I'm working on. Right. Oh, Him man. and Donnell are gonna blow the They're fuck up. The fuck I'm, up. F- I'm super that's excited. I'm, that's why I'm so excited that my special is like right now. Dude, you're right in the you're right, right in the pocket. Because I feel like you know how comedy come in waves. There's gonna be a couple of new waves where people would be like, yo, I'm, I want to see these these new black faces, even though they're old black faces. You know what I mean? No, they're, everything's so, new, man. Yeah, the way this business is changing, mm-hmm. it's really, oh, I believe this, this business was set up when I came up to help mm-hmm. young white guys. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. It was, But it was the way the market was structured. Right. These clubs were in malls. The malls were populated by white people. They were mm-hmm. in nice neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And if Schomburg. they put a, yeah, if they put a black mm-hmm. face on there, then people, um, white people immediately thought, oh, that's their night. Right. And now I think things are changing and mm-hmm. comedy's blowing up in a way where everyone's like, where my mom's like, oh, I love Cat Williams. We watched my dad, your dad. He talked a lot about Jacksonville in the beginning of the thing, but right. we've been to Jacksonville, so we actually liked it. And I'm like, right. wait, you watched the That's Cat Williams so special? true. He talked about Jacksonville for like 10 minutes, bro. So I thought true. he was. This is what I loved about your special yeah. is you got right into jokes. Right. And by the way, and I did the same thing because mm-hmm. I watched Cats. By the way, I'm not shitting on Cat. Right. I know that he can knock dudes out. He's in these streets. I get it. <laughs> right. But uh, but uh, he trains with Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> but uh, but he did. It was a lot of Jacksonville yeah, material. It was a lot of Jacksonville material. I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, everybody can't be a pimp. Chronicles one, two, three, and just I mean, he he he's up there. He's like he's great. He's great. He's a great. He's dude. He's great. I just saw him at the Microsoft Theater here in L.A. Murdered it. Can I tell he, you who I wish I had seen perform? I've never seen perform who? Eddie Griffin. Oh, he's he's something heard, different. I've heard he's something different. So amazing stories about him. But he's so you about to get a history lesson, and he and he comes across. Like he hates white people now. Yeah. So it's it's almost Paul Mooney ish. I don't mind that. But it's funny. I don't mind. It's I funny. never mind. I loved Paul Mooney. I saw Patrice you, O'Neill one time. Stop it! I'm about to say it for you. Said and you said it. it but I was about to say, Patrice O'Neill is in my top five. Oh, in my day top five. Yeah. People talk about these names and they always want to go all the way back to like you know Eddie and this. I'm like yo, you ever seen 
Patrice O'Neal purposefully walk a room and then or get a standing ovation just because he said, I'm about to get a standing ovation from some of you bitches out here moaning and and just turn the crowd around. He, he could take them anywhere he wanted to go. And it was the best offensive material so cleverly done that you ever did want to see. And anybody who offends people and make you laugh after a while, after you kind of like get your panties out your ass and your, and your drawers out your butt. Yeah. And just want to laugh. He was the best, man. He made me stay. We were at Caroline's one night. We were doing a thing that we had to tape to send to Scotland. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get done. And he's like, don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're going to stay and watch Paul Mooney. Mm -hmm. I was like, who the fuck's Paul Mooney? Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'll tell you who Paul Mooney is. You see two tables over? I go, yeah. And he goes, who's that? And it was Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. I go, what the fuck's Eddie Murphy doing here? And he goes, he's here to see Paul Mooney. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not going anywhere if Eddie Murphy's here. Right. We watched Paul Mooney and Patrice kept looking at me to see when I got offended. He, <laughs> right. goes, he goes, you're not getting offended. I go, I don't feel like he's talking about me. Right. Like I, I'm enjoying it. And he was right. like, yeah, dude, we watched all of Paul. He drank a bottle of champagne <laughs> on stage. Let me tell you something about the white people. Yeah. <laughs> They're the devil. They know they're the devil. Mariah Carey's the devil. Oh. Everybody's the devil. <laughs> Dude, I I fucking love Patrice was a great, a great, great, great. Yeah, guy he was a great know. comic man. But I, I strongly feel really good about, um, you know, Tony, where Tony Rock is right now, where uh, Donnell Rollins is right now, and where Theo Vaughn is right now, and where yeah. Finesse Mitchell is right now, and where Bird Dude, is right now. I'm 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 super I'm super pumped for what's going on. I'm taking happen. that Sebastian compliment all the way. Dude, to, to the bank. From bro. my mouth to God's ears, Absolutely. may you sell out four Madison Square Gardens like Absolutely, Sebastian. Absolutely, bro. You you guys have very similar. Mm-hmm. You guys have very similar swagger on stage. Mm-hmm. You guys are in that same pocket of what you're talking about. Is real. It's it's it transcends. Mm-hmm. I think it appeals to the the like he appeals to his culture, but it transcends all of it, and it just makes right. everyone laugh. Dope. I'm taking it. Dude, you heard it. You have, a podcast? Mitchell, you have a podcast? No, I'm about to get, get the one. Fuck, dude, I what? know. Tom was getting on me about that. We went to South Africa together. Me, I know. Tom, I, and I would have paid money to hear, hear Tom talk to you about Miami football. Oh, bro, he had to wear a uh, Miami shirt the next day. <laughs> I said, I called it. I said, not only are we going to win, <laughs> but if we win, you got to wear a Miami shirt. He was like, I don't have any Miami gear. I took off my my Miami shirt and had another Miami shirt on under. He was like, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, man. Um, But yeah, like I said, from your mouth to God's ears, man, I just feel like everybody's in a good spot right now. And as soon as I figure out how to get the cameras and how to set up the whole thing, I'm about to do it, bro. Well, I'll tell you what. That's the next thing. I'd rather do this. Then to you know, I'm gonna I'm try to do both with the social media and holding the camera to my face. And the, but I'm telling you, next. this podcast changed my life. It did a hundred percent. I'm not even. Tom's I'm not even. Life. It changed even, my life. I'm not even like. I'm not I like. I'm, I'm and I watch Theo. I watch Theo all of a sudden sell out Charlotte six weeks in advance. Yeah, it's only the podcast. Yeah, it wasn't a special. Dude, this is just more social media. Mm-hmm. It's just social media. It's just a way. What do you do? You, so we do this, and then you upload it to Libsyn. You don't need to worry about any of that. You get a guy like Halston, mm-hmm. and who knows how to do all of that and can mm-hmm. set it all up. It's mm-hmm. a minimal investment, meaning mm-hmm. the equipment. I mean, I bought all new equipment, but you really don't need even need this. All you need is legit. I did one today that's a very big podcast, and it was just two handheld microphones mm-hmm. into an H6, mm-hmm. and then you just record it onto a card, put it in the computer, upload it to Libsyn, 
and you have a podcast and mm-hmm. i'm telling you man and people just find it yeah it's the reason <clears throat> joe budden's so big is because of his podcast right it's the reason can i tell you please 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 uh do you know do you know noriega no but Nori? I, but i but i know of the podcast Dude, drink what, champs drink champs yeah oh that's my dream podcast right i mean i i think it's a bad idea the one thing i have one of my mo's in my head is stay in your lane right like it's I, especially like i can talk to you about hip-hop and stuff right because a part of you i think i think ultimately part of you is kind of like goes yeah yeah we know the same things i grew up in the culture but i appreciate that you like it right but if i go on that podcast and i start geeking about about culture i think there's still a part there's a part of that fan base that's like who the fuck is this guy right right and so you and so my fans will hear it and Mm -hmm. go Oh, they love talking about hip hop. They love the same music. When mm-hmm. you go into a thing that is straight up, when you're trying to go in the barbershop, when you try to go in the barbershop and go like talk about music, Magic Johnson way better than LeBron. Yeah, and then everybody's like, "Who the fuck told you to even talk?" You know what I mean? It yeah, comes from that level. Yeah, yeah. And so but uh, Drink Champs is just it's such a great mm-hmm. podcast. Did you see the Did you see the one where Diddy was drunk and he was like, "How come we ain't never party together?" Yep. <laughs> dude, I told, dude, dude, like, yeah. We party. have. Yeah. He was like, nah, but not like party party. Yeah. And everybody was like, huh. What's his name? Did an awkward <laughs> spit take, sip take? We talked about it on my solo podcast, didn't we? Dude, I, <laughs> I was, saw that and I was just like, and then of course 50 Cent does that, get the strap. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, holy crap. Sometimes. Dude, DMX on that one told some great stories. Yeah. Dude, that, that podcast, I love that podcast. I would love yeah. to have them on my podcast and drink. Mm-hmm. I think that would be more of a, because I can... I don't know enough about hip hop. I know enough about uh, as a regular consumer, mm-hmm. but I don't. I didn't live in it, you know. When I when I figure out my vibe, and I'm gonna let this special drop, and I'm gonna just keep riding this wave. But yes, that is next. I'm gonna figure out my vibe and and just what I want to talk about. Dude, and all just it has do to it. be all has to be is like like I'm passionate about comedy. I think mm-hmm. my, this so this this podcast here is is mostly it's it's comics talking shop mm-hmm. it's getting to know each other it's getting to hang out mm-hmm. um sometimes i'll have people that aren't comics on and we'll talk about like whatever project they have going on mm-hmm. but usually it's it's all it's at its best when it's just two comics because mm-hmm. we have such shared life experiences right in 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 that we've all been poor at one point in our mm-hmm. life we all have had money we've all lost money we've all made money again like mm-hmm. it's um my solo podcast is just the shit i find interesting online and that's you know I'd always say start a solo podcast. Okay. Start it now before mm-hmm. anyone knows about it. Start it next fucking week. Okay. And just, even if you record it on your phone and talk for 30 minutes, that's what, that's what Bill Burr did. Right. And that's where Bill is now. Bill's got the biggest solo podcast in the world. And it's just him working out material, just coming up with things that happen in his life. You ever right. listen to Bill's solo one? No. It's a Monday morning podcast. You got to check it out. Okay. It's so good. And it's just him talking you about the football games. What are you no, no, no. You go to iTunes. iTunes and just, okay. Dude. And just, and just click on the podcast thing. I'm going to call Tom right now. And, and Tom's the one that, Tom's the one to talk to. He's the podcast guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the first one to show me on my laptop. You don't know what iMovie is, Finesse? I was like, I mean, I see the icon, but, you know. <laughs> so we in South Africa, he showed me how to Dude, do it. Dude, he is, well, first of all, he's younger than both of us. How but he's, Tom? he's, I don't know, he looks older than us. I know. That. <laughs> all right. All right. See, we're in this workout challenge. He's probably at the gym right now. That's good that y'all got that, like, group like that, though. Yeah. You know. 
Well, it started because Tom's a dick. All right. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I can get you. To an automatic voice message system. Eight one eight six zero. You gonna just play his number? <laughs> you just go play his number? <laughs> I was like, oh, you gonna play the whole number? <laughs> he would have been like, holy shit! Because this ain't live though. You would have, you would have no. edited it out. Yeah, okay. we would have edited right, it out. I was about to say, I was like, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, you got it. You got to start your own podcast, and, it's, okay. and I, I would say that. It's something that white guys are doing a ton of, and not enough, not black enough guys. black guys are doing. Okay, the Bodega Boys are great. That's mm-hmm. that's Jesus and Miro. Okay, they're fucking fan- dude. You got to get on Jesus and Miro. They're now on Showtime. Yeah, I heard that. Dude, yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to get on Jesus and Miro. Yeah, you got to get on Jesus and Miro. Is the show out already? No, they haven't started filming yet. Okay, but Jesus and Miro's on Showtime. Talk to talk to who is it? Helen over at Showtime. Okay, talk to Helen at Showtime. We got the same agent and too. tell and tell mm-hmm. her. You need to be on Jesus and Miro. That show, they are fantastic. They're okay. so talented and they're really great. But um, but there's not enough, there's not enough black podcasts. And okay. and it's and I do think that part of the problem is it just hasn't it just hasn't tapped through the way it did with white people. Right. Because it started with white nerds, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then now and then it got into MMA and like stoners and conspiracy theorists and mm-hmm. But I think once it does hit, when you're at the front of that wave, right. it's gonna be fucking huge, right? Because it's all ad sales, it's all ad sponsors, right. and you know how they have different ad sponsors of the Breakfast Club than mm-hmm. they do on on fucking ninety eight Rock, right? It's those ad sponsors are looking to put money into into the hands and pockets of spokespeople, f- black spokespeople, right? And you there is a you will get different ad sponsors than I get, mm-hmm. and that money is waiting to be given to you right now. It's waiting to be given to you. Start so a solo podcast do or do it. Bring on comics. Bring on friends. Right. Bring on just cappas and just but do it because I'm it. telling you right now it'll change your life. I'm you telling it. you, done deal. Yeah, it's done. All right, I'm going to go get an it's eye exam. Done. I'm so old, I can't okay. fucking see anything. All right, brother. Thank you Dude, for having me Dude, this has been a blast. Hang on Absolutely. one second. Absolutely. My wife's going to... I got to get my wife in here. <clears throat> Leanne! Tell me if you recognize this accent. Holy shit. Okay. How long have you been living here? I would love this in the background. Oh, this is great. This man cave. What? Um, We've been here... I don't know. Like maybe six years? Okay. Like when I, no, maybe longer. Um, I have my 40th birthday party here. Um, maybe seven if years. If y'all got some fun shit popping off, please text me. Include me. Me and my wife don't do shit. Like we, Done. You know what I mean? Done. Invite me. We love to get out the house. I love to get out the house. Dude. And I literally just go hang out at the Laugh Factory. To Done. To do a set and then like go back home. Dude. It's not like we in the clubs and then you can only have so many great meals. Dude, we we can. In a I ain't gonna do no sober challenge. I'll put you. Well, don't worry. That once this October shit's done, I am fucking done. I don't want to be um, in that group. Let me make but, sure I have your number. Okay. And I, then I'll I, send a three way text, and then we'll have a we we. I cook out over here all the time. We have kids in the pool. No, it'll be a fucking blast. Where's my fucking wife, Leanne? Jeez, this is so crazy. Hmm. My, this is how bad, how lopsided my relationship is. She's taking out the garbage. I, I did see, I saw, I saw that. Is she out there? Yeah, she's coming back through the back gate now. Okay. Um, 
she grew up in Atlanta too. She grew up in parts of Georgia. So anytime <laughs> what, I have what type of from, Georgia? Uh, about, I said what type? Where? Fucking small, like fucking twelve hundred people in her hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bowden, Georgia. Any fucking word from her? Oh, she's uh, over there. Oh, she with she's the chickens. Looking, she's cleaning up. Leanne. Food. Hey, Leanne. Come here for a second. She's like, like there's nothing going on. <laughs> She's a bad bitch. She does everything. She knows uh, the business? Dude, or she, just... she does everything. Okay. Everything. Right would... now she's picking up dog shit. She's got three <laughs> chickens out there. She just took the garbage out. She just mm -hmm. picked her kids up from school. She did a podcast before you came here. Mm -hmm. She just is a fucking murderer. I hear it, man. And so we'll get you like, we do everything. Like I'll, I'll invite you to everything because Joey Diaz, you know Joey Diaz? Mm -hmm. Joey Diaz is one of my good friends. Okay. And he's got a kid probably your daughter's age, maybe a little older. Okay. Um. So Finesse grew up in Atlanta. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were talking about Willie B. <laughs> the gorilla. Yeah, I know the yeah. gorilla. Yeah. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Well, so, he was more popular than the mayor. All the kids knew about Willie B. Everybody. Yeah. Love. The main attraction. Yeah. You flew in to see Willie B. Yeah, he was a big deal. She was saying, she. do you remember Chief Nakahoma? Yeah. Couldn't, the couldn't have that yep. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no more Chief They're talking Nakahoma. about getting rid of the tomahawk chop. They've been talking about that for years. They've been talking about but that for But it's not going to happen. They, they've been I mean they're, they're still called the they're Washington. not gonna change the Redskins name they're yeah. not gonna change the logo they're not gonna change the tomahawk chop it's too many can I be they're gonna be really real it's too many white people that love that shit they're not changing it yeah. you're right you know I wish I could and be like oh yeah you're right that is offensive to some but you know that's but that's who that, I mean that's a big part of who buys tickets Jesus okay. yeah we got a big dog that is I know that people call him Cujo that's Cujo without that's, the rabies oh yeah well, Cujo technically, Cujo, dude. Saint I tried Bernard. to when I hung out with Big Boy. That's I tried to get Bernard? one of his pit bulls. No, that's a bull mastiff. It's a bull mastiff. Oh, but they're both mastiffs. Yeah, like Saint Bernard yeah. and she. They're the same breed. I've got Finesse's special on my phone. We're gonna tether it to the TV, and I'm gonna show it to you tonight. You're gonna absolutely love his fucking. Oh, comedy. I can't wait. Who's oh. uh, when I when I first when we first started dating? Who was the one stand up you I had to watch that you were like, that's my favorite right there? Bernie Mac. Yeah, Bernie Mac. I ain't scared. Of you. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. I ain't scared. Of you, I got a big black dick. I whip it out the whole room. You're dark. Kill your head. I love. Dude, him. thank you for doing this. I thank appreciate you. it. I'm thank gonna you, go bro. get an eye exam. All right, brother. Thank you for having. <laughs> thank you, man. I, oh, you, I'm still recording. Yeah, yeah. October 19th, this Friday, Showtime. The special is called. The Spirit told me to tell you. You'll be glad that the word came into your life <laughs> because Finesse Mitchell is spreading the good gospel in a very blue way. Love it. I All love right. blue gospel. I can't wait. That's awesome. All right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Bro. So cool. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.